Yes, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Sunday Robcast with me, Rob Dog, um, monster interview today with Nathan Beatty about two and a half hours. Um, so we're going to jump straight into it. There is halfway through, um, about fifty minutes in, we have a bit of Wi-Fi issues, so you'll jump from one interview into the second part, which was recorded later on in the week. Um, so excuse that little uh, mess, but thanks to Grant Campbell for. Uh, hooking me up with, sorting me out between the two interviews, so enjoy, Nathan Beatty, two and a half hours, monster, see you afterwards. Welcome to Sunday Robcast and um, episode five with professional boxer Nathan Beatty. How are you doing, Nate? You alright? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, keep keeping yourself busy as you can be. Busy as I can. I'm still working, so grafting away as usual. What's um what's harder? Going for your runs in the morning or looking after Liam Allen at work? <laughs> Definitely looking after Liam at work. Boys never off Snapchat. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> so we jump um jumping straight into the career. Um so I was intrigued to know because we actually went to school together, but I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. Was it football and that as you were younger, or was it boxing from the start? How did it go about? Um so <laughs> to start with, um I did do or tried to play a little bit of football. <laughs> Um, my career was uh, football wise was uh, <laughs> I tried to play for the Woodside Ghost Days okay. um, I played with them for a, a few years but I think because I was that bad I kept getting put on the teams below me <laughs> so I was never in the, the football teams the, the same year as me oh, okay. um, and then uh, I never got a game at all, um, and then I played for Glendale for a couple of years. I think that was like maybe into first year of smacker, yeah. and then uh, I completely gave it up. I scored one goal in my whole career, and that was an own goal, <laughs> and that's no word of a lie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then about. I did get, I got into boxing when I was about 11 years old, so um, from then on it's just been boxing. How did, uh, how did that come about? How did the boxing come about? Was it um, take you along or something? Yeah, so one of my pals, uh, he took me along because I originally started at uh, Aberdeen Amateur Boxing Club, which is Northfield Boxing. Uh, Cummins Park uh, Community Centre. I started off with there um, with Tony Kerr, Adam and Harry. Um, Tony Kerr is a well-known trainer for Boxing Scotland. Um, He's trained a lot of uh, good boxers. Um, And yeah, I started with him. Um, I think I boxed there for about two or three years 
maybe. And then we've always been friends with uh, McAllister's uh, Matty and Stephen uh, McAllister. They were in our similar years at school. Um, so then we always knew that they were the, uh, the boxers. They did the boxing clubs and stuff. So uh, we ended up going there and it was just a an easier gym for us to to commute to yeah. and it was genuinely a, a good boxing club um and the fighters they had at that time um was unreal like there we had so much scottish champions british champions four nations schoolboys you name it they were at uh granite city boxing club which was which it was unreal in uh <clears throat> Most of the boxers that I trained with growing up uh, are still boxing. Darren Trainer, Trainer yeah, say, um, Summer, Lee. Uh, who else would have been there at that time? You've got Craig Dickey. Who's the young guy that I remember? Is it Cuthbert? Uh, Andrew Cuthbert. I, yeah, he, he was quite uh, young, not yeah. Yeah, James Ancliffe. Uh, he's another top... Uh, amateur boxer Summer. Summer uh, Carroll, yeah. Uh, he was he was an elite amateur as well. Uh, Craig Dick, he won a lot of uh, amateur stuff as well. So growing up was oh I yeah Lee was obviously an up and coming pro boxer. Um, but do you know what we tra we travelled everywhere we. Davey, he would take a suit and we'd go, we'd fight anywhere. Glasgow, Edinburgh, Inverness, England, all over the UK. Uh, uh, it was just it was a great time to box back in. Kept us off the streets, kept yeah. me away from all the stuff you would do as a young kid. Experiment with alcohol, drugs, touch wood is, is nothing I've, I've ever been into. Um, so I was quite lucky growing up. My dad would kill me if I <laughs> if I tried anything. So boxing, <laughs> boxing kept you away from it. You know, obviously, twelve years old. Um, had my first fight, amateur fight, and then you were training three, four times a week. So yeah. you never had time to do anything unless it was at school. Obviously, like before, before we go on to like what you won and stuff as the as amateur as a teenager. When you started training, how how like quick into your training did you realize I'm pretty good at this? Was it fairly quickly, or did you have, did you feel like you had to work on it quite a bit, or how did it how did it come around? Yeah, well, do you know what? Like, just it, it sounds geeky and. Everything, but see, like the first time I watched like Rocky and stuff like that, I, I just I, I knew then I was like, fuck, I want to try it. Can yeah. at least give it a go. And my dad knew a few people. Uh, he knew of like Tony Care and stuff like that for the boxing scene, and then my pal says, "Oh, Ken, is it okay if Nath uh, comes with me to, the, to a boxing gym?" And my dad obviously asked who it was. Found out. My dad was offshore, so it was all through the phone. And oh. then I went up, and then see, just put even just like 
learning footwork and just some shadow boxing and stuff. And then one of the coaches, I can't remember who it was, but he was a youngish kind of lad back then. And uh, he says, Ken, you, you've got potential Ken, t- yeah. to do uh, two start boxing. And like my feet work sorted out quite quick. And then I figured out my job, right hands, combinations. And then it, after a few weeks, I just it, it was just something I enjoyed. Like football, everyone was into football. Yeah. And then, so I thought, Ken, you have to be good at football at school or you're not going to fit in. But then, as I was going to boxing week after week, it was just, I was getting better and better. And then it says, we could get you a fight on such and such a date. And I says, hi, I'll take it. Can we'll, we'll see what I can. But obviously, you're young, you had no brains, done a bit of sparring and stuff. And then I was like, fuck, aye, let's, let's do it. So obviously, you got the first fight, and then that was it from there. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Like, can, can you remember much of your first fight? The very first one. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a good laugh so my first fight um, I was supposed to fight in the uh, semi-final I think it was of the uh, Northern District Championships and then uh, I can't remember what happened but anyway I got a buy through the final so my first fight was on the Northern District Championships. Um, I can't remember a kid's name. Oh, I'd be lying if I said. I, I, I still, I remember it to this day. I'll never forget it. I, I must have been about four feet tall in uh, the ring. My head wasn't even touching the top rope. Boxing gloves were up to pretty much my biceps. My head guard didn't even fit me. And, uh, went and it was just it was a barney can there of i think i think it's like one minute or one and a half minute rounds or something along that lines and it was just non-stop punch and we just stayed in the middle of the round just just punch fuck out each other and uh I, I actually won it believe it or not what did you and uh yeah i won it i, I won yes I think I won my first three or four uh, before I got beat. But I, I think I'd f- four fights before I joined Granite City. Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. it. First fight. So how did you? How did it go in the honours wise when you were a kid? Kind of how how high a level did you go in the teenage years? I got. I got into the Scottish Championships uh, a few times. I think it was two or three times. Um, I got a bronze and a silver medal. And then one, I never even got into the uh, semi-finals. So, uh, lost that. Have you fought anyone? Can I... uh, in the teenage side of it, in the, the juniors or the amateurs, did you fight anyone that went on to have a good a big career? No, you come across anyone that went on to do a bit? No, nah, I don't think so. Not that I can remember of anyway. 
because I think my last because oh, obviously I gave up the boxing at yeah. 18 I think my last fight was was it 18? I, I did a bit of, I did a bit of looking I, I thought it was a bit younger than that but was it 18 was it? I think yeah my last fight I, th- I was about 18 years old because I remember <laughs> going we got to the fight and then uh, back then you could either have a trophy or I think it was about 60 quid or something and obviously when you're 18 years old 60 quid in your hipper you're taking that are you? <laughs> 60 and, uh, it was around about 60 or 80 quid or something and that's when drink was cheap was it you could yeah. go to Priory and you could go there for two nights if you wanted with 80 quid 60 quid <laughs> um, I so I got a, I, actually I got a broken nose and uh, there's still a picture on it on Facebook to this day. I look like a little tit anyway. I've got a flat nose and uh, I'm in a tune with a blue wicked or something in my hand. Straight from the fight, <laughs> in the town? Straight, aye. Uh, well, well, we'll watch the, the end of the fight. I was at the kind of Sunny Bank Club. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was cheap, cheap drink there as well. So got shit-faced in the Sunny Bank Club and then straight, straight in the tune. Straight in the tune with a broken hooter. Love it. <laughs> so why did you um, why did you stop why did you stop the first time around at eighteen just be, becoming an adult or was there more reasons to that or eighteen year old and you find out what drinking woman is pretty much that's why that's what it was it's, just the lifestyle of being a being a man I everyone was pretty much getting out there were weekends and stuff and. Then uh, you just felt like, well, not everyone, but I just felt like I was missing it. Again. Obviously, you weren't in such an intense uh, training camp is yeah. what you are, a professional, but then like you couldn't go out on a Friday night because you would be training on a, on a Saturday morning. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, can we pause this a second? Is that yeah. Right? yeah. So you took your you took your break yeah, well you stopped completely at the age of eighteen or so. Um my studying shows that you got back into it about what, twenty six, twenty seven was it? What what made you start that again? Um <clears throat> so this will be an error funny story. But if if people find it funny. But anyway, um uh, so, Shannon got pregnant with Alfie, or is it Alfie? Aye, she must have been really bit pregnant or just had Alfie. I can't remember. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I was obviously very overweight for my size. Anyway, uh, highest being. At a bad stage, was just a ball hair away from nineteen stone, and obviously I'm only five feet seven, so I was like a beach whale pretty much. Um, so anyway, I get the point. They, I was in Tesco at Bridgeton, yeah, and uh, I seen Lee in Tesco, and uh, he just pretty much did one look at me and says. You need to come back to the gym and see me. 
you fat cunt. <laughs> if you're a late swear, I don't know if you yeah, yeah, get edited. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> so he was uh, obviously he was retired from boxing and uh, he was doing personal training out of his garage. Yeah. And uh, so I started training with him in his garage and then I got a feel back for it and obviously his pads are unreal. Like, I've, I've never, well, you can yourself. Yeah. Um, you, you don't, I've, I've never experienced pads like this. I'm not bumming them up or anything, but anyway. So we we started basically doing things together. Like we were going out for runs together. Yeah. Obviously steady runs, three miles to start with. And then I was just getting a feel for it. I got a buzz back and um just I, I, just, I was just enjoying myself again. And I was getting fitter, feeling fitter and then Obviously, to start with, like because I was so heavy, I think. But I think I'd lost a little bit of weight because we, we were. I was boxing uh, West Hallway, that yeah, sweet science place. Yeah. And uh, but like it was weird. Obviously, I I still followed boxing. I still spoke to everyone at the gym, uh, Granite City, and stuff. So. Uh, Lee kind of said to me, "Can we, will we get a go again? And obviously I got myself doing Because uh, I says I didn't want to fight again, Can I would do the training side of thing. Yeah. And originally I was just going to go in back into Granite and see if I could start coaching. Because okay. I'd, I'd rather give back to the gym because yeah. obviously I'd spent so many years there in my childhood there. And they, they've gave me experience that obviously you can't buy experience like that. Coming out uh, a top gym in Scotland like that with multiple multiple champions. You've got golden glove champions. You've got everything in that gym. And uh, so obviously I want to give back, but um, that's taken us away for okay. the, the point. But um, yeah, so... <clears throat> I says I didn't want to fight, but and I, I was just I, I felt better about myself, yeah. and I I knew I was still at least a stone overweight. So uh, Lee says, "Well, we'll start like a a mini fight camp." So I'd been training with Lee for about I don't know nine ten months or something, um. And then I had a few of the boys for Granite saying, oh, just come back to gym. Can we've seen you training, you've put up videos and that, you look sharp. Come back in and get some sparring and stuff. Because obviously I, I was training with Lee, doing pads with Lee and everything, but I wasn't getting any sparring. So sparring would be like the, the ultimate test to see if I did want to fight again or no. Yeah. So eventually, a long story short, I, I got back into the gym granite and then I, I started uh sparring a few of the lads uh connor mcleod he he's a really good amateur boxer um i got a little bit of sparring with him uh little kevin 
sparring with them. Just, just younger lads, can they, they yeah. must have only been about 15, 16. But they're hardy kids, can yeah. they're, they're, it doesn't matter their age. They, they'll still go and spar them with the pros, Marek, trainer, yeah. all of them lads, can they'll they'll all go in and they'll spar top boxers like that because it's how you get that's how you get better experience. If you're sparring with pros like that and you go in and fight an amateur fighter, yeah, you, you could can and they go in all guns blazing and they they're obviously sparring pros they've got the upper hand the experience so they're gonna win ultimately but um, when you say that actually on um, on like the young lads obviously i started learning the box probably last year and coming in with you and stuff and i've, bought, I've been mm-hmm. pretty lucky to spar with or body spar with you lee dicko boys like that but one of the hardest spars and this is genuine mm-hmm. that i've had was there was one day I had a PT with you and then you had a PT afterwards and you stuck me in the ring. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this. You stuck me in the ring at the at Lee's gym with a young lad and he absolutely punched mm-hmm. my dick in. I can't even remember the guy's name, but I think he was maybe 15, 16. I did all right for two rounds, I think. And then third, fourth round, he absolutely boxed mm-hmm. my ears off. And I remember leaving that car park thinking, yeah. Jesus Christ. And it's mad that for him, yeah. I, was, I was a lot bigger than him. I think he was taller, but obviously I had stones on him. I've got years on him. And I remember thinking mm-hmm. he had no fear of just completely punching my face in. Like, not a single kid in the world. So I, I, don't, I see what you mean. Yeah. So that got you going that's again. A, that's great... those lads. Just, you know, for, for boxers, it's natural, but for other people, if they're listening to this, they'll think, what a retard. But see getting a punch in the face again, it just, it, it brung back everything. And I was like, fuck yeah. Let's <laughs> go. And that, was, that was you again. Was just just a, a good punch in the face. And I was like, <laughs> can't fit. I, I'll give it a go. And Do you remember who it was, time, no? Do you remember who it was that punched you? It, it would have been one of that young lads. One of the young lads. Probably. Uh, I'm going to say Connor because he, he's a cracking, he's cracking little boxer. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know if he's still boxing or no. But uh, I, him, the, that young lad, Kev, as well. I know he's not boxing now, but can he, he must only be about 17 or 18 year old. Do you think those lads go through the same as you did? Do you reckon they find. Yeah. Do you reckon that happens? Do you know what it is? It's it's leaving school and working. It's working you, with men, working with mannies. And you see, like the likes of school, you're you're sitting doing all day, and you're just bored. And then just getting home from school, like I would I would get home from school, right? Get changed, get a, something little to eat, like a banana or a bit of toast or something. And then, and I, I remember it to this day, me and my brother run straight down to the gym yeah. an hour early, 45 minutes early. And obviously, like I said, Davey, uh, Lee's dad, um, and the other coaches, they'd be there early to set up. And you've got young, young boxers like myself, my brother, uh, Stephen, Cuffey, all I'm um, growing up. We were all there early. Yeah. An hour early, 
and would would all go like little fucking kids high as kites running round uh, Great Northern Road, three mile run, and then we'd do an hour and a half of training, sparring and yeah. everything. And we'd go out sweating like fuck, still heaps of beans of energy. And then we'd go out and play with our pals after that, here, get my football or run yeah. about. And, but you didn't think of it as exercise like that. You, you just thought it was fun. That's your boxing, was it? It just it was what uh, you were used to doing, yeah. But I'd, I'd like obviously from 12 years old, right through school, um, can you never thought it was exercise and you, you never knew you were like, like you'd keep the boxing in boxing, you would never take it outside a, a boxing to like beat people up at school or anything. No. I don't think I ever had one fight in school. Yeah. And so. So the, uh, once you started, once you went back there and obviously you got your punch in the face and the thing again, I can't actually remember. I did try and look at it. Did you fight amateur again when you were older or did you just go straight into pro? I had uh, two amateur fights. Amateurs. So where, was, where were they? Um, How did they go? Uh, so the my my fight back was actually supposed to be in the Northern Hotel. Okay. Um, I can't remember what it was either. Either September or October, I can't remember when it was, but um, I I was obviously out wait for this fight, and then uh, I went into training. I can't remember if it. It must have been, it was either a Tuesday or a Thursday night. And uh, I was sitting at welterweight, I think it is, 68 kilo. I can't remember what, if the weights are the same at amateur to pro. But anyway, I was bound on 68 kilo. And uh, Lee's brother, David, said, uh, do you fancy a fight on, I think it was a Friday or a Saturday. And uh, obviously I was going to be fighting on the home show anyway. Yeah. And I, no hesitation, I says, I fuck it, let's go. Uh, we'll get us fighting. And he says, it's an Inverness. And I says, okay, I think it was, uh, it was Inverness. Um, the guy was either Polish or Russian or something, but it was in his, obviously, where he was from. So it was, he was like the home fighter. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I got I'd, I'd obviously been sparring and stuff, but obviously I wasn't thinking about like fighting. Then my fight was obviously in a, in a few months' time. Okay. Yeah. Or no, wasn't even that. I think it was about must have been about four weeks before. Um. Yeah. So one of the coaches, he's been there since since I was a kid, Graham Morris, he's a legend at Granite, um, and he, he's always there coaching the kids and the, uh, the older amateurs. Uh, he came down with us and there was a couple of the lads on the show. My, bro my little brother, he came with me as well. Yeah. Um, and fuck me, I was nervous. <laughs> I was away to ask that if you had nerves again. Yeah, like... It's it's weird, like 
other boxers will, will know and like if you've done any sort of fighting like obviously my my fight was in was back when I was 18 my last fight and uh just like going to the venue and then where the changing rooms were in this show it was like a balcony and okay. then you look down I looked in I seen a ring and I was like fuck and then my my hands they get sweaty as hell ah oh, okay yeah so you start going so, uh, aye so there's actually a funny story to this part as well um so I waited uh I was bang on, well, it was actually, the fight was made at 57 kilos, and I woke up at six, uh, not 50, 67, sorry. Um, and I woke up that morning at 68 kilos, bang on. So, like, I had a bowl of porridge in the morning, and then I was me until the fight at night. So we obviously travelled there, and... I weighed in and everything, I was 67 point something, so the guy says, alright, the fight's on, yeah. and uh, weighed in, got, got through the doctor, got through everything, um, I think I was, I was either second last or third last, one of the officials came through, and obviously I've got a beard, yeah. amateur boxing, you have to be clean shaven. Yeah. Oh, uh, now it's about nine o'clock at night, and I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck, his fight's gonna be off." So why? Uh, is that? Why? Why? What's the beard rule all about? What's that got to do? It's just it's. I don't. I, I don't personally know, but amateurs you have to be clean shaven. Uh, I think it's for like, obviously. Nowadays, there's no head guards if you're over six, 16 or 18, and it's for cuts or something, or grazes, All and right. you're in close. So my beard was, like, quite long. Yeah. And uh, there was a copay open, and I was like, they might have a shaver, an electric one, to at least get some of this, the facial hair off. Yeah. Uh, but no. <laughs> No, they never. So, I bought razors and shaving foam. Um, and then luckily, Graham had uh, obviously scissors for the bandages and tape and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I was in the toilet trying to cut off as much of the long hair as I could. Jesus. Got the shaving foam on, fucking shaving my face. And obviously, I'd missed patches everywhere. <laughs> Um, I went back through, and the official says, ah, "Yeah, that's all right. Well, okay, we'll let you off with with some of the bits of hair." And uh, I went back through, and I'd cuts everywhere, getting shaving cuts, and see during the fight, <sighs> sweat on a cut oh, is yeah, horrendous, but. When you've cut yourself shaving on your neck, you know how sore it is. Any oh, man knows how sore it is. Um, yeah, so I went in and uh, <laughs> got got a fight. I was trying to put like Vaseline 
Aye, on your neck. Because obviously, you don't really bother with Vaseline in amateurs because you used to have a head guard on. So right. there was no, if you clash heads, you're clashing heads okay, on yeah. the head guard. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was trying to clark Vaseline on there. But <laughs> every time I was going back in the corner, he was wiping me down and wiping all the Vaseline off. So, um, yeah, but holy shit, this, uh, I'm sure he was Polish, but I could be wrong. He's foreign anyway, we'll say. And uh, Jesus Christ, he was tough. Like, How was he? Um, yeah, I think there's videos on my Facebook. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, my brother was upstairs. He was filming it. And like, I, I won the fight. Um, but like, I was hitting him and he got a bit tired before me. But like I remember hitting him a job and then I just dipped my head down, threw an overhand right as hard as I could. Or I say as hard as I could, I was a bit tired. And he just he just came walking towards me and I said, It's one of them where you, you just throw it and hope that he's gonna go down and he just walked forward and shook it off and I was like Fuck, this is going to be a long night. I think it was the second round. What was that, four rounds or something? Amateurs? Just three. Three rounds. Three, what, I, three, I three think, minutes or something? No, I think it's three two-minute rounds. Still a long time, man. Six minutes. But see, see your first, well, for me, my first fight back, it was tough. Like It, it honestly felt like I was in there for half an hour. And then... But you know something, it done me the world of good because I was away, the away fighter, so I had yeah. nobody to, to try and please or... No pressure. You know you know what, I pressure, that's what I'm trying to say. The only pressure I had was my brother. And before I went out, my brother says, look, I'm proud of you either way. Came back, lost all that weight, and you're doing us proud. So I just went out and done my best and I won a unanimous decision. I never lost a round and I actually bought classy. Whereas before, like I've I've always been a thinker rather than a scrapper. Yeah. So like I was just picking up punches like and jumped getting my footwork. I was just floating like and it it was just a buzz like you, you can't really explain it. It's it, it it just makes you feel less. Can if they're winning a fight, and like you get people in Inverness that start rooting for you during yeah. a fight. You're the away fighter, but because you're showing about a class in boxing, well, yeah. the the and then amateur boxers, you've got people coming up and shaking your hands, and you they're asking you to sign the programs and stuff, and obviously. That's it. Back and you've you've never done anything like that before, and you're like, mate, I've never signed anything before, so you're just doing a little squiggle, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was it was weird, like that's class. Uh, but no, it was, it was ace. And then how did um, the how did the um, before we kind of go on to the pro side of it? Do you find a big difference in amateur fighting and pro fighting? Obviously, amateur fighting is kind of point scoring, pros is trying to take the face off. Do you, do you find a difference? Is there any 
is either than that you actually prefer to the other? Do you know what? Like, an amateur, if if you're a, a thinker and a point scorer, it's, it's harder to win a fight. Because if you've got someone that's a brawler and he's throwing a lot more punches than you, you might get a referee or a judge that prefers a brawler to a point puncher, to okay. someone that picks clean shots. So, like, my my very last amateur fight at the Northern Hotel, I fought a lad uh, that was coming off a win from Scottish Championships, and he won it. He was a Scottish champion, um, and he was a brawler. Like, if you looked at him, he didn't look like a boxer. He looked like I I wouldn't know what to say because I wouldn't know what I found him, but he's a he's a very good boxer. But you wouldn't think of him as a boxer. You'd think like he probably would not listen to this, but he's like that. He looked he looked like a someone that played chess. Again, somebody along that <laughs> lines that like s- s- sticks in at school and yeah. you can't. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just like someone that sticks in at school, and uh, I weighed in, he weighed in, and I never knew who I was boxing. He, he boxed to a Perth Railway, I think it is. Someone, I'm sure it's a, and like, obviously he went in first because I was the home fighter. Yeah. And I'm looking at him going, what? Nah. And then, uh. I, before we went in, uh, I can't remember who it was, but anyway, somebody says oh, he's 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 a Scottish champion, and I was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> and I, I honestly, I, I never believed him, but like, obviously, Lee was there. It was a home show; everyone was there, and I was like, "Shit!" I, there was so much pressure yeah. to basically win the second amateur fight, and obviously impress everyone to show them that I'm back and I'm ready to because my plan was to go on and hopefully win a Scottish title that was me one of the things I wanted to do was compete back in the Scottish championships if I could get through I maybe never would have got through but obviously I'll never know but um, yeah back to the fight I went in and I think I got another unanimous decision and won every round. Now, the boy afterwards, he says, we heard, he says, oh, how long have you been boxing for? And he says, oh, it's my second fight back in pretty much seven years, I think it was. And he says, nah. I says, honestly, he says, bloody hell, you'll go far. In the amateurs. Yeah. And you know what? We, we sat and spoke for about an hour. Until he had to had to go uh, Jen up just a offer. I he was he was unreal and the like compliments he was giving me was unreal. Yeah. Again that fight that whole fight's on Facebook. Um I've put I, I always share the clip where I catch him a I think it's a right uppercut left hook, but his chin goes bloody and right near back. enough touches the roof and then you hit him a laugh to go over the top and like the whole fight all you hear is Lee shouting and shouting and shouting but do you know what that was 
like the deal breaker, like I knew the pressure from fighting in the home hometown and then I was up against a good level boxer, but but best in Scotland, so I had to perform that night. So, uh, and I did, so I was, I was proud of myself. Um, was that the kind of fight where you my, thought? My fam. Like, obviously, all your family and everything's there, so, like, and even my dad, he was like, Ken, we're, my dad, he loved us when we were boxing, Ken, and it, it, he, he loves the boxing as well. So like seeing his face as well, I was like, "Can I'll, I'll give us a shot and we'll go amateur for a few years and see how we get on." But uh, that night it was it was something else. Like, see, just on touching on what you said there about like fashion and stuff. Like, I've never really spoken about this before, but I obviously did the white collar when I was four years ago, five years ago, and it's before I ever had yeah. like sort of good sparring and stuff. And see what put me off at the time. Like I've made it fairly knowledgeable that I want to fight again, and I think I would handle it now. But see, when I did that white collar, I think I sold three tables. So it was thirty odd people. See what put that absolute fear into me, and it genuinely ruined it for me. Was people paid for a ticket, and they were coming up to you before you fought the night I was going to fight, and they were saying, "Oh, you you better fucking win! I've paid all this amount of money." That is the complete polar opposite to help, eh? Someone saying to you, "You better fucking win." Well, I don't plan on getting fucking beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not pressure back yeah. then. It completely fucked me. I think I would deal with uh, it. That's mad how much it plays in your head. You know what I mean? Like, people, yeah. people saying yeah. stuff like that. That's, you think that's, you would do that's opposite, one of my pet hates is someone that says that. It's just, I don't understand how they can think that's beneficial. You know what I mean? Like, I remember one guy said it literally. Five minutes before I walked out to the ring, you better fucking win. All right. <laughs> what what you meant to do with that sort of advice? Do you know what I mean? So you finally um, you went you went pro with yeah. Lee uh, under Lee's promotion, was it? And uh, so how did that come about with the first fight being in Bradford? Um. Yeah. So after that fight, um, the the amateur fight. Yeah, it was a, it was always in a pipe pipeline to to turn pro, Willie. Um, but like I never thought it was going to be as quick as what he was okay. not he was expecting. But basically, the two fights that I had, amateur was never going to be my style, and like I I get it now. But obviously, back then, like I, I was always doubting myself. Pretty much, I'm, I'm not good enough for pro. Kind of, I've been back training for a year and a half, two years. I've, I've now got the experience. I'm still trying to get the ring rust off yeah. from fighting. Although I went in and bet two decent guys and amateurs, I'm still learning and I'm still trying to get through three rounds of fighting because I was, after three rounds, I was breathing out my arse. Yeah. And like, at my my age back in, 27 or something, whatever I was, 26, 
like I've been you've been boxing for that long you should be doing three rounds standing your heat you shouldn't even be breathing heavy unless you've had a tough fight and you've went to war for three rounds yeah so like I was always and <clears throat> another thing that I'd done was obviously the contract was there ready to be signed and like I was obviously doubting myself and I was like will I turn pro will I leave it another year will I so like <clears throat> I ended up avoiding Lee for like two weeks or something completely and blanking him completely just, just, just blanking him because not that I was shitting myself because of Lee I was shitting myself for myself if if that makes sense like I just kept doubting myself and then <clears throat> I remember someone saying uh, I'm not going to mention any names but someone said like he's he's never ready to turn pro and he, he'll never do anything and then a few people ended up saying it and I was like do you know what fuck it yeah fuck him. so I ended up, I phoned Lee and he was like, fucking, I thought you were a deedman. And then I was like, I can, I've been avoiding you, putting it off and everything. I says, can I'll, I'll come around, I'll speak to you. So I ended up speaking to him and then he told me like his plans and everything and how my style suited the pro style, longer rounds, picking punches, etc., etc. Um, so I ended up signing the contract then and uh, after I'd signed the contract he says right get your shit together because you're fighting in November and I was like it's October and he says aye you've got six weeks to get ready and I was like fuck <laughs> so anyway got a long story short we were already training I was already training like a pro, which I never knew, and Lee never told me. And I says, Fida, I need to do how much more training do I need to do? And he says, fuck all. He says, keep running with what we're doing. So we were running uh, three miles every night. Um, no, sorry, I tell a lie. We were running like a three miler on a Monday. 10k on a Tuesday, 3 miler, 10k, 3 miler, and on weekends, either a Saturday or a Sunday, we'd go out and blast like an 8 or 10 mile run on the beach, and uh, I think my first fight was at 66 kilos, 67 kilos, super welter I think it is, um, against Marta Case, uh, which, which was just, can you say, he's a journeyman boxer, but, like, obviously, they're, like, the toughest boxers you could ever fight. They're just, Ken, no, Mark, Mark is, his knowledge in boxing's unreal. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the latest Sunday Robcast with Robbie Wellgoost. Be sure to check out the Sunday Robcast on Facebook and Instagram and on various social media platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM and other platforms. Let's head back to part two for this latest episode. 
Welcome back to the second part of the, the Sunday Robcast with Nate Beatty. Uh, first one interrupted by Wi-Fi, so apologies for that. So we're just going to go jump straight back into it. Nate, uh, first pro fight, uh, Marty Kays in Bradford, was it? Yeah, Bradford, yeah. You remember, was on, remember much of it? Yeah, it was on the undercard, uh, Tasif Khan. Um, he's a three-time world champion, I think he is. Bradford, is, he's well-known and... Uh, very popular there. Um yeah, we when I turned pro in October, I think it was after that last amateur fight. Um yeah. once I signed the contract, Lee pretty much said, uh, get your arse in gear, you're fighting in two months, you're We're your, pro, <laughs> your pro fight and obviously him coming out of retirement. Um he, it, was he, Lee's, it was Lee's comeback fight, was it? Yeah. yeah. So he basically says, look, we'll get a fight um, down the road away from Aberdeen. So when I got like all of the fans and yeah. all that behind us, um, so basically I, we got a limited amount of tickets. Um, I just took my family and a couple of friends, close yeah. friends with me. Um, so really there was no pressure for both of us. Got yeah. our report, well... Lee obviously had to find me an opponent, and unlucky for me, it was Marty Case. Um, <laughs> most people have seen him on Facebook. If they follow me on Facebook, yeah. um, Mike. they'll know he's a he's a wind up merchant. But um, <laughs> obviously, me going into the pro game, I never, I never knew him at all. Oh, um, and then. Um, We've done a little bit of background history on him. Uh, there's only a couple of fights of him on YouTube. And then um, I started to find out that, that I, I never knew there was such a thing as unlicensed boxing. I only knew amateur and pro uh, yeah. when I turned pro with Lee. Um, so he'd had, I think he's had about 300 fights. Um, all in professional, um, unlicensed. I think he's done MMA, Mai Tai, and just recently he's done that bare knuckle boxing as well. So um, that's something I wish I never knew about before I uh, fought him because <laughs> uh, obviously I knew he was a journeyman and he was there to give me a test into the into the pro scene. Um, and I knew he had fought. He's he's fought some crazy people, um, or a crazy amount of people uh, in the pro game as well. Just yeah. giving people a good introduction. But I'll tell you something. Uh, obviously they're there to give you a test. But any journeyman, you can, <laughs> you'll know yourself. Um, that. They're there to test you, but if they can win, they'll 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 and take they'll it. Yeah. They'll steal steal a win because every now and again, journeymen have to win fights to stay active and yes. not not lose their license. Um. So we got to Bradford, Waden and everything, and then uh, I think did Lee fight before me? I think Lee fought before me. He was 
the opening fight for some reason. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and then I th- he fought first because he wanted to be in my corner. Oh, okay. Uh, just to give me a peace of mind because obviously he's been training me for this fight and like telling me what to do because obviously you've got an extra six minutes on top of an amateur bout. Um, so it was, it was funny actually. So we got, we were in the, this hotel in Bradford and we came out of the changing rooms and we had to go down a lift in the, in the hotel then walk around a corridor to the main stage. There was like a, a walkway. Yeah. And uh, we were, Marty went in first. He was all doing his comedian stuff. And uh, he, the man obviously shouted me to the ring. And uh, we got to the ring and I seen Marty for the second time. And he was just, he was, he's making some weird faces at me, just trying to get me rile up, if anything. Yeah. And uh, the, we obviously got got a fight going and that. I won the first round comfortably, but um, he was throwing like weird punches and stuff, just punches a normal boxer wouldn't throw, and okay. he'd catch them. And then I remember, I think it was in the second round or something, and somebody. Was, <laughs> It was somebody from England was like, Go on, Nate Dog, smash him, he's got a hairy back. And he just turned around to the boy in in the uh in the seat and he was like, Hey, fuck off. There <laughs> was nothing I could do but in the middle of a fight just laugh. Just and giggle. It's just it's like a surreal moment. You would never see that in a, a pro boxing fight. It, I just I didn't know what to do. I was, and uh, obviously we got on, and we got a fight over in Dunwich. And uh, I was I was quite nervous actually because, well, actually before the end of the fight, we got into the third round, and I said to Leo, "How are we doing?" And he says, oh, "Ah, you're doing fine. You've won a fight." And I was like, "Thank fuck." And he says, "Ah, you've got another round to go, mate." And I was like, "Oh." Oh yeah, so <laughs> well, I knew it for the fourth round, but honestly, see the fourth round, I was dead. I, 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 I was fucked. Um, obviously, I'd been doing a lot of sparring and stuff for the fight. But the third, the the fourth round came, and I was I went out and I boxed fine, but like he was, he started showboating and doing heaps of just just. Uh, journeyman stuff really yeah 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 so um got we got uh to the end of the fight touch gloves and everything and uh he came over to me and says well done you can you've won the fight comfortably and you boxed well um, yeah and then the, the referee came over but i was nervous because he caught me some good punches and it it, it was a close-ish fight but he he took the fourth round because he he he, I think he went from. Did he? I think he was coming off of a. I think it was a semi-pro fight, but it was the WBU regional title, which is a right. twelve round. It's twelve rounds, uh, twelve two-minute rounds, and I think that was his last fight before he fought me. So okay. he was fit as a fiddle ready for this fight. fight. Yeah, but I won the fight. Uh, obviously, unanimous decision. 
But then afterwards, um, it was great because we got a good job afterwards and he taught me, obviously, pros and cons of what I'd done wrong in a fight and what I was good at. And obviously, yeah. um, he says, coming off an amateur background, you just need to get rounds in. Fighting more will give you more experience. So just progress with that. And we became good mates, obviously. Yeah. fought fought three times I think it is now um, I've beat him three times but uh, he was my first six rounder fight as well which was disgusting because <laughs> um, oh, he, he knows how to pace you what to do how to tire you out and it's basic it was a tough fight and he was there to win that night six rounder because I think he was coming off of far four losses maybe I think and he was coming to win that fight um which was good for me because it gave me a really good test but my uh what he does is he puts his head down and he makes you come forward and punch him which I yeah. got reeled in with and I punched him a big right hand to top his head and I just felt my knuckle crunch getting inside the glove. Oh, it was horrible. Took off the glove and my, my whole hand was just swollen. And See my right hand? My right hand's never been the same after Since punching. Since you punched the top of his head? Uh, I always tell him. he just got heaps of little tricks in that, is he? Yeah. He, he knows how to tie you out. Um, even like in a six-round fight, first, second and third round, all he was throwing was body shots just to tire me out. But like yeah. I never I never clicked on. Lee obviously clicked on um and long uh, Ian Longstaff he clicked on as well and he was getting tell me to cover up. But he'd fake a body shot and then come over went overhand right and clock in a heed. Um but yeah, I always, yeah. Aye. Or if he punches, he... punches you enough, <laughs> you certainly oh, Overhand rights. It, it doesn't matter how weak you are. If you throw an overhand right from your arse, you, you're going to hurt someone. And, like, if, especially when it hits you in a temple, it dazes you. So, um, he, he's good at that. And he's, he is skillful and he's a, a terrific boxer. Um, he, he's had a great career as well. He's 42 years old now and he's still. Boxing pro, and he'll go out with anyone. Like he's I fought. He, when he f started boxing, fuck, this will be a podcast for him. Never mind me. He he <laughs> bought his professional debut. Was it fifty-seven kilos? I believe super featherweight or super or featherweight. I think he started, and he's boxed over mult uh, light heavyweight. He's went Jesus. through all of that division. He's he's just, just a, he's a nutcase. <laughs> I always say that thing. He's got a head like a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so after that fight, obviously, I know you had a couple more uh, around about similar time. A lot of them was on the road. I think I know what a couple of Bradford and one in Glasgow and that. Do you, yeah. do, you do you prefer that? I, obviously, you prefer fighting at Aberdeen, I would imagine. But is it a lot less pressure fighting away and stuff? Is you, you can just go worry about your boxing. Yeah, do you know, I would rather fight on a road just for, for obviously, 
now being 15 fights in, I'd, I wouldn't go back to four round fights because it, I'd, I'd probably lose them, to be fair. Um, on points, okay. Just on points because I'd be pick, point picking, whereas other guys would be just going forward and for a win. So, like, I would rather fight six, eight round fights on a road with last pressure. Yeah. And then come home to Aberdeen and fight for some sort of title, a major title, any sort of title. You'd much rather win titles in your hometown. Whereas if you won a title on the road, it'd mean fuck all to you, really. Yeah. Um, Do you even like, obviously, still a professional level, it's a very good level you fight at, but even on like the smaller cards and stuff, is it still, like if you're fighting away, have you always got to be wary of the judges, even at that sort of level, or does it not really matter? Yeah, yeah, I, it does. Yeah, I, I'm always because your six round fights and stuff. It can still be the referee that um, scores scores your fight. So, like in my pro career, I, I'll probably get slated for this. Like if if he listens to it, but I had a referee. I won't name him. Um, and he's judged two of my fights. Um, one was in, no, sorry, that was a, a judges that scored the fight in Glasgow. Um, I fought the lad Anthony Christopher in my second fight. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's on YouTube. And I, I believe I won that fight, and so does everyone else. Like, I, I outscored out, out him, pointed him massively in that fight. Um, and obviously it got put his way and then when you ask back um, how did he win that fight and judges have scored him for being the aggressor it's like how can you score someone for being an aggressor that's not scoring points he was hitting my gloves the whole time as opposed to a boxer that's point picking Ah, scoring yeah. points, hitting flush shots, is rocking his head back and forth, just catching the, the cleaner shots. And I boxed his head off the whole night for four rounds and I lost the fight. It, it, it pisses me off anyway because obviously it's another loss in my record. And then that fight in Bradford against Michael Kelly, um, I broke my hand in the first or second round I think it was or I think it was it was a fracture anyway so it's a break um, and I boxed his head off with my jab the whole fight I was hitting him right hands and obviously there was no power but the the, the punches were landing and yeah. I was landing the cleaner shots he basically hit me body shots the whole night that, that were catching on my elbows Anyway, again, uh, the referee scored that fight and he scored it on Kelly being the aggressor. As a po- boxing's about point scored and it's not about someone being aggressive in yeah. my eyes anyway. People might say different, but in my eyes, boxing's about being classy and point picking, picking yeah. shots, getting your shots off. Right. I've watched that video back umpteen times, me and Lee, myself, and 
I won the the fight by about forty points clear. Right, every but, time you watch it. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing I can do now. I've got five losses on my record, which should be three. But hey, that's it's boxing, is it? There's all boxing there's all shit decisions in amateur and pro, so there's fuck all you can do really. So what was your um what was your first fight back in Aberdeen as a pro? Uh, for the International Masters title. What was I that? Ballroom? Beach Ballroom, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the one way... The, the knockout one. Yeah, I think I knocked him in the second or third round, I think it was. So how was that, how was that knocking someone out in, in, in your hometown? You must have felt fucking eight feet tall, did you? Yeah. Do you know what? See, like... Lee told me I'd won three or four fights by this point and lost two. And uh, Lee says to me, I've got you a fight. Uh, we're going to be fighting in Aberdeen. Um, and I've got you a, a novice title. And I never believed him. And he says, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, you've got your first six-round fight and you're fighting for a novice title against some up-and-coming lad. Igor's or something his name was um, I can't remember his record I think he was coming off two or three wins and uh, I never believed him and it came to like three or four weeks before the fight obviously I was training for it anyway my, my first six round I've got a hiccup um, and uh, Lee says oh that's your belt just arrived I says okay so I went to his house and he showed me. It's fuck. This is again. It's real now. Uh, this is real. Ma- Masters titles is can it's a major title in the pro scene. I don't. I don't get his now, um, but kind a few years ago it was. Um, so he was getting. We were getting ready for the fight. He never told me where it was. And like obviously going back when I was younger, when Lee was fighting at a beach ballroom and all that, I thought, fuck, I'd love to fight at a beach ballroom. In front of everyone. When you went to Lee's fights, everyone was singing Stand Free and Old Flora Scotland. The place was packed. And uh, obviously, I think Lee was fighting for a WBF or a WBU title, I think it was. I can't remember what it was. And... uh, he told me we was fighting at a beach ballroom. Fucking hell, this is and it's major for me. Like it's yeah. that's like one of my dream venues. Well, where else would you want to box in Aberdeen? Yeah, other than Pataudry, the beach ballroom's like the best place you could box. You hold umpteen amount of people. So, uh, yeah, I had Masters title was the first. Aberdeen show. And how um, did that feel? Getting the knockout as well. Must have felt fucking massive. Uh, that, was, that was unreal. I was greeting and everything. <laughs> I love that. And, um, I never knew until we got to the venue. They says, oh, we can't watch your, your dad. Kenny loves the me, obviously, being a boxer. And uh, this says we're gonna get your dad to kind of present a belt to you. I was a bit tearing up in the changing rooms. Um, so yeah, I got a, a knockout, and then my dad he, he came up into the ring and gave him my belt and everything. 
um, class. Quality. But like, I are you aware uh, of like? See, when you're fighting in Aberdeen, are you aware? Are you aware of the people around you? Like, you, are you when you're walking out and stuff, do you see faces and that, or do you just like just zone in? Walk, walking out, like I do. Uh, if you've ever seen me walking here, I do look about, yeah. but like I don't see anyone. I just look, you know, to see how yeah. well packed the place is. And like that night was unreal. Like the the place was packed. There must have there was well over a thousand people in there. And like I just like when I walked out, I just I looked up and I looked about and I was. This is fucking crazy. Like, I, I, I just, I couldn't believe, like, some of that people or can maybe 70-80% of that people were there to see me. Obviously, most of them were there to see Lee, but, like, I'm, I'm just an up-and-coming boxer just now. Like, my name is obviously out there because of Lee, uh, like, just letting me mingle in with everything. Yeah. Um, media, press, all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, I couldn't believe how much tickets and people were asking me to buy tickets for the show. Like, I, I didn't care. There was that much people that knew I boxed. So, yeah. like, uh, what did you walk so, out to? Uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember that song. First, the first home show must have been at the, the Northern Lights of Old Aberdeen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the song I went out to. Lee got it mixed for me, but I walked out too fast. Like I was supposed to hit a little stand about and let a crowd get get ready Aye. for it. And then it mixes into who lets the dogs out. But uh, <laughs> I went in too fast. I just wanted to, I was, I was shitting myself, like, when I was walking through the, the beach ballroom, and then it came to, like, there's a security guard, he was standing, he told me to wait until they said my name, and then they started introducing me, and he says, right, stand here, and all the lights, can they come on to you, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> this, is, this is for me now, this is my moment, Ken, um, and then obviously I walked out and I seen how much people up made me shit myself even more. There's people in his chairs trying to punch your gloves, just everyone screaming for you and stuff. I was that's a moment I'll never forget. Like that's class. And then obviously um a couple of fights after that, another fight at the um at the beach ballroom. I made sure you were happy enough to talk about what you were. Um your first KO defeat. I was yeah. uh I was I was actually there. I'll, I'll touch on it after you speak on it. But yeah. what do you what do you remember of that one? I was winning the fight comfortably. Yeah, easy. Do you know what? I, I don't know if if it was me if I got too comfortable in the fight because I knew I was winning. Um, and again, Ian Longstaff, he was in my corner. And he was telling me, again, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. Because when I was moving back, I was dropping my right hand to move out the way. And he says, keep your right hand up and move out the way. And uh, he says, because he's coming over and he's setting himself up, you know, for an overhand right hand. And uh, 
I remember moving back. I think it was the third round or something. He knocked him out in. I can't remember. Uh, it was the third round. And uh, we got out and I was winning and I could tell he was he was tiring. The yeah. way he was breathing through his mouth guard. He was breathing through his mouth instead of through his nose. Yeah. And I think... He, <laughs> Maybe it was a few punches to the nose or whatever. Um, but I remember sinking. I, I got him a good right uppercut and his legs wobbled a bit. And I think what he done, and Lee believes this as well, is it, it was his last shot pretty much. Oh, and right. he, just, he just... I've got the, the video on my phone, but I don't show anyone. He, he puts his head down and he just... He maybe closed his eyes, I don't know. But he swung his overhand right from his arse and it just caught me right in the temple. Yeah. And uh, I remember the punch, the impact hitting me and it was like, it, it's it's unexplainable. Unless you've been knocked out before, it, like, it just, the only way you can explain it is like a boulder smashing you in the side of the face and then... I remember climbing up the ropes at my my corner in Longstar shouting, Are you alright, you alright? And I was I was like, What? And then I remember opening my eyes and then I just I couldn't see for a second. And then my eyes must have rolled forward and then I remember like zoning in and uh I, I says to Longstaff, What's happened? He says, You've been knocked out, Paul. The fight's over. And uh, I never got up within the 10 seconds anyway. Um, but I knew myself that I could beat him. Yeah. Um, but obviously at night, it, it, it wasn't my night. And I respect him fully um, for what he'd done. You know, um, he, he's a guy who's travelled all the way from Ghana to try and better himself, get yeah. himself climbing rankings, beating me would have got him higher in the rankings, maybe into more titles. Um, and I know from that fight, he went on to win about four or five fights after that, and they were all TKOs or KOs. Um, yeah, so he, he, and he's a he's a strong strong fighter. Um, but obviously that night. And the day before, he weighed in heavy. Uh, for I, the I remember. For the fight. Did he think it was a different weight or something like that? As someone tells to see the. So, so I believe I I don't know the the what happened. Obviously, they're from Ghana. Uh, their promoter must have thought it w the fight was at a different weight, but I weighed in bang on weight. I was sixty one kilos. Uh, or 61.5 I was the, the lightweight limit um, and I believe he came in 4 or 5 kilos heavier um, and he did get time to lose the weight I, I know I think he came in at 62.5 so he was still overweight to win the title the uh, PBC international title um, so obviously he won the fight but the title was still vacant because he never weighed weight. If if I beat him, I would have won the title. Um, 
But uh, yeah, he obviously beat me that night. But do you know what we like? We went out and every obviously the after party. And when I went back through to my changing rooms, I I got changed and everything. And obviously, I didn't know what I know Lee because he was still. Uh, well, he was just a way to go out and fight, I, I believe. Um, so I just went and got changed. He says to me, oh, how the fight goes? I says, I got knocked out. And I says, look, concentrate on your fight. We'll speak of it after. So he, he concentrated on his fight. I got quickly changed, went upstairs. And uh, everyone was just getting They knew I was boxing well. I was winning the fight. Yeah. Um, it's boxing that like people will say, ah, how the how the fuck did you get knocked out? It's like, mate, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, what do you expect? And anything can happen. Um but, I love I love boxing fans that, that understand boxing right. We see boxing fans that just they say shit like that. Does my does my fucking yeah. head in like imagine saying to somebody why did you get knocked out? Well I don't fucking know. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> I never moved fast enough. Uh, it's it's one of my pet hates. Like some pet that that's never set foot in a, a ring or even even trained. Like yeah. any anyone that says stuff like that to me, I say to them, "Okay, well, you come down to my gym, uh, and I'll we'll, punch you in the fucking head." We we didn't even have to spar. I say, "Do I know what I train him with me?" And we'll see. We'll see how good you are at boxing. You know yourself how hard the, oh, the boxing training is. I'll, I'll um, never, I'll never. I'm not that sort of person that would do slag people off anyway. But now that I've trained, I would like to say I've trained at quite a decent level with, with decent people. I would never like you, the way you boys train. There's not a no one should ever question that, especially getting knocked out. Like getting knocked out is not something you ever intend on doing. So if someone throws a big lucky arse winder that you, you would see outside Justice Mill on a Saturday night. If someone throws that with little gloves on and catch you in the side of the head, you're going to fucking go. You're going to go to <laughs> oh, So See, that's what the, the sofa boxers is what I call them. Yeah. Um, they don't know the ins and outs uh, and any sort of combat sport or fighting sport behind the scenes like a professional level when I obviously when I was in lockdown, I got the chance to be a full time professional boxer for six months, yeah. and we'd go into the gym at ten o'clock in the morning, go out for a six mile run, um, rain, sleet or snow, it didn't matter the weather, straight out, get your run done. Then we'd come back and do a bit of shadow boxing and stuff. Go home get changed, get our brunch, dinner, whatever you want to call it. And then we'd be back in the gym at two o'clock for pad work, bag work, uh, some core work. And then you'd go home, come back in at night, and then you'd do an hour light session. Or if there's people there for sparring, you'd go in and do sparring for an hour. It's can six mile run in the mornings an hour then you've got an hour training in the afternoon then an hour training at night you're training three hours a day th three sh sessions a day knocking your pan in every day just yeah. for a fight and for 12 weeks you're constantly 
maybe other fighters are different, but for me, when I'm dieting, I'm the moodiest cunt in the world. Well, you've, uh, knows it. you've done some sessions when you've been uh, cutting weight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been a grumpy man, but um, it's it's all and it's it's all I really know. To be fair, and yeah. from eleven years old starting boxing uh, to now, and. But, why, why would I start another sport now, you know? I might be 32 this year. I don't know how how long I'm going to fight for, but um, I'll definitely continue and give my contributions back to, to boxing, my knowledge, and if obviously if my son wants to box as well, I'll, I'll fully commit to him. Yeah. Well, that just going on that then, that must really do, like, does a lot of people get offended by that? Like, boys like Lee and Dicko and all that. Do they kind of, does that sort of stuff annoy them? Or is some boxers different? Like, they, just that people saying to you stuff like, oh, why did you get beat? Why did you get knocked out? Like, if you've knocked your pan in for 12 weeks for a fight and someone says that, does it does it get to you? Or do you just try and laugh it off? And, it, it used to. At the, at the, at, it. At the start, uh especially in the pro scene, he's obviously uh, an amateur. Um, with the head guards and stuff back in the day, it was quite hard to get knocked out. Yeah. When I went back in the amateur scene, uh, if you were over 16, I believe, there's no head guards. Um, or it could be 18, uh, I'm not too sure. Um, but that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to get back into the amateur scene was the no head guards because it gave you like a like not a false sense but like it, it made you feel a bit like a pro boxer yeah. obviously not not having a head guards it's a lot uh, riskier obviously being at, at, at uh, an older age you've got manpower um, so you can can you could obviously get knocked out you're still fighting in 10 or 12 ounce gloves in amateur but uh, if, if you get caught a clean shot you can certainly get knocked out but yeah it, it, it used to piss me off when people would say that like and you, you've always got haters uh, yeah. I, I'm a nice guy but uh, I've still got people that, uh, that like to, to to say shit not to me but like Two other boxers, as yeah, such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're the people who still come to your fights and pay tickets to see you. Hopefully, yeah. get knocked out. But when you're winning, then you're you're in the eye, the public eye. That they hate it, but it just gives gives you more motivation to train, does it? Yeah, that's class, mate. So you, after the KO defeat, yeah, you mm-hmm. came back and you actually you you fought the guy again. And you beat him. Was it? Uh, it was a. Uh, out. It was the outdoor show. You beat him. Was it? The one at the yeah. gym. How was that yeah. class? Yeah. Aye, that was. Uh, was that the, was one. there fights in between, or was that the next fight? Yeah. So Lee had a. Uh, a charity unlicensed uh, show uh, before it. Uh, my little brother. He he won a. Uh, IBA Celtic title, unlicensed yeah. title. Um, obviously, uh, a few years ago now, he got diagnosed with the Crohn's. 
Yeah. Um. So he he didn't. Uh, I say didn't want the box, but uh, he like lost a bit of interest in it as such. Um. Obviously, he got operated on a few times, and uh, he's got a stoma bag now. So, um, and he lost a, a lot of weight when he came out of hospital, but he's a fat bastard now. Um. But uh, yeah, when I got when I got back into the boxing scene, he started training. He he was coaching me as such, yeah. um, just constantly giving me pads, um, and then I I was giving him pads as well. So he kind of got a buzz back for it, and uh, I says to him, "Can come on, we'll get you a fight." So uh, he he says, "Ah." Uh, Fuck it, I'll, I'll fight again. Uh, but he was he was still quite a bit heavy. Um, but he did. He lost. He lost a good bit of weight for the fight. Um, and he fought a guy from. He's either from Peterhead or Fraser, but Sean. Uh, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I didn't like him that night. But uh, yeah, Colm, Colm went out and uh, fought for that title. I can't remember if it's three or four rounds he fought, but. Um, I won won a fight, so that gave me a, a nice little buzz. Um, yeah, your brother's good, eh? I was I was sparring calling you, and he fucking punched my dick in. He was good. He's good. Like, do you know what? See, for being a big lad, I I don't know what weight he is. I think it's about ninety eight to hundred kilos. His head movement's unreal. Oh. He, he's quick as well. So on that, we we when we sparred, body sparred, I think. He took it. I think he took it easy on me, maybe first couple of rounds, and I was hitting him a little bit, and I thought I'm I'm actually all right here. And then he, sw- whatever he switched on in the f- third, fourth round, he switched on well. I couldn't fucking touch him, and like you say, <laughs> he's a he's a big boy, but he can fucking shift. Like yeah, yeah. I couldn't get near him, and when he hit me, I felt it. He he's was, good. Uh, he's good as well when you're sparring, especially in head sparring. He like faints a little left jab. And then he just ducks his head down. He comes over with an overhand right, and I'm not saying he's never missed, but ninety percent of the time he always catches people and sparring with this little cheeky overhand right. And, but you're sparring teammates, so there's not a lot of power behind it. But I reckon if he put a power behind it, he could knock a good few people out, like. Jesus. So that gave you a little buzz, and then the, the show afterwards, obviously the outdoor show that you that you fought and you beat him on. How was like? How was that feeling of just coming back? And not only did you beat him on the kind of revenge fight, you you not you stopped him as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, it was. It, it's again, it's unexplainable, but like uh, that night was uh, was a. Uh, the weather wasn't the best. Like uh, it started off good, and then I was co-main event with Lee. He was obviously fighting for the world title. Um, but yeah, he managed to secure me a uh, international WBU title and the PBC international title, the full title. And um, so it was scheduled for ten rounds. Um, so I was shitting myself for that. I knew it was fit enough. I was, I was, I'd say I was in the best shape of my life uh, for that fight. I moved up a weight 
to super lightweight sixty three point five kilos, which I made I made it near brother. I was underweight. I came in at sixty two kilos uh, for the fight. Uh, Take came in at I think he was sixty three kilos. Um, so we both made weight. Um, neighbor there. Um, and just in the changing rooms, the, the buzz in the changing rooms, obviously, my teammates went out before me. Craig Gladbetter, um, I think he got stopped in the second or third round, um, which was unlucky because he, he trained next to me and he, he actually knocked his pan in for a fight and everything I'd done, he'd done, like running, yeah. training, just he was basically my shadow he just he was loving boxing and I, I don't know if that fights maybe broke him a little bit but anyway I'll get on to my story fuck Craig yeah <laughs> Kenny Kenny he fought as well Kenny I um, I'll tell you someone he's he's a little guy but he's a fucking pit bull yeah um, he went into the fight and he stopped the guy in the second round, I think. But we could only see bits and pieces, but he, he just never, he just stuck them like glue. So see that, I was going to ask that because um, I wasn't at that fight. You see when he was obviously fighting outside, were you warming up up in the gym? Yeah, we were in the gym, I. So that must have felt weird as fuck, like warming up up in the gym, knowing there was all that going on outside, was it? Uh, yeah, but we had one of the roller doors up so we could see into the... Uh, tent thing, okay. The mar- marquee sort of, um, yeah. So obviously they fought, and then Kevin Trainer, I think he's from uh, Air, no Pfeiffer, Airdrie, or someone along that lines. Um, he fought as well. I think he stopped his guy. Um, and then uh, it was me after that. Longstaff gave my blast and the pads, and I, I felt great on the pads. And Longstaff said himself, kind of, you're hitting hard, but you need to obviously just pace yourself because you've got a 10 round fight in your hands. And then Lee spoke to me a bit. It should, see, if me and Lee are both fighting on the same venue, I then I like distracting him because he needs to be in his zone as well. Yeah, and yeah. We're both fighting. So um, he kind of just says, look, go do your best. Um, Obviously, you've got a pressure at him. He's knocked you before, but then I let it get to you because I've got all this experience now. I've fought some great, uh, great fights. Um, I won the silver, silver international title in air. Came off a great win with that guy. Um, I can't remember his name, uh, but I beat him. That went the full eight rounds. Um, yeah, so he says, look, just picture that fight. You went eight rounds that fight. You could have went in our two rounds easy. Um, just just go for it. You can only do your best. And he says, I'm proud of you either way. Before you came when I met you in Tesco, the little fat bastard, to now I'm, I'm a strong little fuck. Um, went, there was some technical issues with the microphone and the program I believe which I don't know how the program can be messed up on co-main events there's no way you can get me wrong but anyway 
I was standing about for about five minutes, freezing my balls off, just waiting, <laughs> waiting for my music to get played and get into the ring. But I was kind of pissed off, um, just because I, I just wanted to get into the ring. Everyone's yeah. watching, and they're all kind of thinking, "Why, why the fuck's he standing about? Let's let's get a fight." So anyway, we got in the ring. Um, names got announced and everything, and like. I, I couldn't believe the amount of people. Like it was, it was mental because it was a shit night. It, it was raining, windy. Inside was buzzing. Um, obviously there was little heaters and stuff. And there must have been about three, four hundred people. But there was crowds of people outside as well, like standing in the pissing rain. And I was like, they're, they're actually standing there again to watch me fight, which was yeah. mental. Like. Why would you stand and I'd understand Lee, but why the fuck are you standing watching me? <laughs> but obviously, I I gave a a good performance, probably my best performance. Um, I was going to ask that is that your is that your best performance? You reckon? I think so. Um, it's one of the the most. The, the, yeah, I would I would say so. Obviously, I won both them titles. I boxed well. I wasn't rushing in. I was just I wanted. To, I was there to go ten rounds. Did and, you want? To, did you want to? Did you have stopping him slash knocking him out in your head? Was it in your mind? That's what I wanted to do. You wanted it, yeah. Uh, if you if you listen back to North Sound One and uh, Evening Express or anything like that, I, I says and all of that the best revenge would be to knock him out. Um, So I I did want to go for a knockout, but I was in the back of my head wanting to go 10 rounds as well. 10 rounds in a bank against him, not getting knocked out would have been unbelievable as well. Just to stay away from danger, knowing he had the knockout punch. Um, I've knocked two or three people late in my career, but I, I know I have got knockout power, but it's it's picking the right punches. But you kind of just go in all guns blazing, swinging, thinking you're going to knock somebody out, and then you go out and blow your arse out in a couple of rounds. Um. So yeah, I it was when I knocked him out, um, and I got told to go in the mutual corner, um, and he was counting them out. I was just kind of. And it, see when he was counting them, it, it felt like slow motion, but like oh, times yeah. times a hundred. I'm like, yeah, did just a one, two, and you're like, how do I fuck up? Fuck you, call the fight off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think he was counting, and it got to seven or eight. He was still on the ground, and then his corner chucked in the tool, and again, I welled up, teared up, greeting, fucking. My corner, they just grabbed on me, cuddling me. Who was, in, who was in your corner? Because we was obviously fighting. Who was it? Longstaff. Um, name's fucking went in my head. Does Colin ever go in your corner now? My brother was in my corner for the silver PBC title. Okay. Um, he was in my corner for that, but uh. Yeah, most nights he just wants to get pissed. 
<laughs> he, he can put like. I've got yeah. a question on that. A question that kind of tickled into my mind, and people like myself and people that listen to the show that haven't fought. See, for when you knock someone out, or uh-huh. when you, do you do you feel anything? Like, do you feel anything emotionally? Like, aye. Does it affect you? Like, if you've obviously put someone on the deck and you've taken the, if you switch the lights off, it, you must, yeah, something must go through your mind, does it? It's a weird feel. Like, yeah. The, the only way I can describe it is like, do you know when you get like a a nervousy kind of feeling your your hairs on your arms yeah. like stick up, and it was like a weird like like tense kind of feeling in the back of my neck. It was it was weird. It's like uh, it's unexplainable, but like aye, it's you do get like a weird feeling. For me, it was just shock because I never knew I was going to knock it him. Like yeah. I I thought he was unstoppable. I know he'd lost um, maybe two or three fights, but I don't think he'd been stopped before or KO'd. Yeah, I, th- I think he'd won TKO when he boxed over in Japan or China. I think it was. Um, but yeah, it was. It, I was mental. Like everything just went weak. It was surreal. Like you know, when they threw in a towel, I just wanted to fall at the floor back in there because my cornerman grabbed on me and started cuddling me. And I, I remember <laughs> jumping onto Longstaff's. Uh, into Longstaff's arms and he picked me up and uh, uh, everyone just went fucking mental. Like I've, I think uh, he's brilliant, by the way, eh? Longstaff. Oh, he's, aye, aye. He's an absolute he's, cough, that guy. His, his pads are... Oh, unbelievable. If, if you're training for a, a big fight and uh, you need tough pads, like he gives you fighter pads and... Mate, I did one. I was watching. I was at the gym one day, and I think it was you, Kenny, and Dicko. Yeah, Dicko. We we're all doing fight pads, and um, I he let me jump in for one round of fight pads, and I was breathing out my dick like <laughs> fucking hell. They're class, yeah. but Jesus, that that He's fight brilliant. with Take because it was a ten rounder. He'd give you ten rounds fighter pads, <laughs> and I'm not joking. If you've got Wait to lose for a fight. <laughs> I think I was weighing maybe 65, 66 kilos about two weeks before the fight. And you could go in with him. I went in with him for 10 rounds. Um, I had to take off my T-shirt. I was soaking. You could wring out my T-shirt and it'd probably fill a basin. Um, I wiped myself, dude, dried myself off. And I lost basically a kilo. Just doing ten rounds of hard Like I, I love the man. Like he, I'd say, in Aberdeen, Scotland, he's his fighter pads are unbelievable. Like he's very, very good. I, I, obviously, I've got Lee as a coach. If he's not fighting and a cornerman, and Lee's obviously the my main coach. Uh, but Longstaff's yeah, unreal. Like the the love he is for the fighters um, is unreal. Like if you need pads, he'll drive in from his house in Ellen or Bulmady, wherever he stays, 
and he'll be straight doing like you could phone him at half four and he'd be in at five o'clock to get your pads. I just it's, did the he's, he's a he's a fighter's man, like. We hope you're enjoying this latest episode of the Sunday Robcast with Robbie Welgoose. In case you want to check out other local podcasts, why not check out Campbell's Footballs for all your great crack and bad predictions. Check out Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now to head back to the Sunday Robcast. Class. So you know, obviously you, you've got the fight. I wanted to kind of touch on something that I've, I've asked McBain before and I, I asked um, Dean Sutherland as well. See, mm-hmm. obviously fighting at the assassin gym and you do a lot of cornering and stuff. Are you the same as the majority of other boxes? Do you get more nervous for other people's fights than your own? Oh, what, yeah. what is it? Like, everyone answers that question. Everyone says it's, like, way, ten times worse. Do you know, like, obviously with your family, if your family's fighting and stuff, it's completely different because you've got your love for your family. Like, when my brother was going into fight, I was fucking sweating for the cunt. I remember you telling me that before, eh? You said you were fucking on a different planet. Yeah, like... Is I, it like a what? Is it, are you more... When it's someone like Con, is it like, are you more worried than nervous? Just in case... I think, I think it's more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if you've been training a fighter for, for a while... And then they've obviously got the fight at the end of it. Well, a lot of our charity boxers and uh, unlicensed boxers, you'll train them up for eight weeks, a year, whatever it is, before they fight. And then yeah. they go in to fight someone. You, you just want to put on the gloves and fight for them because you, you, you're that nervous for them. You know you're they're going to do well because you've trained them to the best of your ability. And, our coaching and training at Assassin is uh, there's no other gym that can train boxers like us. It's a big statement, but like the the way we train boxers is everyone trains the same, not just amateur, unlicensed charity boxers. We all train the same. We do the exact same thing. So like yeah. an amateur charity unlicensed fighter will train like us like a pro same footwork same style everything switch hitting you name it if if we're doing pads you get pads the same as us it doesn't matter yeah. you, you, you you didn't change your pad work we're all doing the same thing no i've seen that so, first hand yeah it's good yeah uh, you know yourself how hard it is <laughs> see like um just on that question then for you obviously Taking Con out of it, is there anyone that you've been in the corner for where you've thought, fucking hell, like just a real, real nerves? Is there anyone stuck in your mind? Like, is there anyone in particular? Like, Ken, obviously, I know you're close to Kenny, Lee, Dicko. Is there anybody in your mind that you can think of that you were particularly nervous for? And in the pros? Uh, yeah, like it's someone that you've cornered or you've, yeah, cornered for a fight and just thought, fucking hell. I'm, I'm nervous here. Are you fairly relaxed because you know like what they can do? Aye, well, I, 
in the pros, I've only really cornered Lee um, okay. for fights. But obviously, you're you're hella nervous for him as well because yeah. you, you know yourself, he's up at that level. Fighting guys at his level is crazy. Like, and once once that bell rings and they're both in the ring, as fuck all you can do, bar shout. Yeah, it's it's the same for anybody. It's fighting. Um, I remember well the the unlicensed scene. Anyway, you've got uh J- James McAllister, uh, one of Lee's cousins and nephews. I like him, man. Eh? He's a nice kid. Young, well, I, I I call him Jimmy, uh, little Jimmy. Um, but he was fighting in Fraserburgh against uh, an older guy. Like I think he was about eighteen or twenty. And, Jimmy's only 15 or 16 year old but I'll tell you something I don't want to big him up too much because he might get a big heat but if if he sticks in he's a talented young boxer um, is at his weight he's, he's he's taller than me he must be near far off a 5 feet 12 I don't know 6 feet 5 feet yeah. 10 something like that Um. He's a tall kid, but he's about 58, 60 kilos soaking wheat. And the way he moves in the ring, it's it's like looking at a young Lee. Lee, um, yeah. Lee's his, movements are a joke, by the way. And that a young lad, his his feet works. Can he can switch? He can switch hit. He can box off both feet, just as powerful as obviously he's right-handed. But his left hand, when he switches, is just as strong as his, his right. But I'll tell you, he, he knocked this, this older lad on his arse three or four times in the fight. Won the fight comfortably. But, like, obviously he was nervous as fuck because when you're that young and you, you say, oh, you're fighting this guy, he's 20 year old. Oh, he's a man. He's got tattoos, blah, blah, blah. Ah. Um, but <laughs> you see, because I was in his corner and if you're relaxed, a boxer's relaxed. If you're uh, giddy and blah, 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 you need to do this, you need to do that, you kind of do that in someone's corner. Um, like that's how you can, you kind of just hand the Tom, Dick, and Harry in your corner. You've got to have somebody that's relaxed and knows what yeah. they're doing. So if if you're not relaxed, your boxer is not relaxed. It's, it's the name of the game. Um, but yeah, he. He's definitely one to watch, like his name. I called it first. <laughs> but the, honestly... Um, sorry, carry on. No, carry on. The, the gym just now, young boxers, there's, there's so many young boxers coming through, not just males. Uh, the female scene's unbelievable just now, especially the young generation that's coming through our boxers. Um Especially female wise, it's, it's it's going to be crazy. Like, I'm not naming anyone because uh, <laughs> they maybe don't want to be named. But uh, uh, the the young generation coming through assassins, it's, there's there's a heap of names to watch out for. Like, especially Alf Dog. <laughs> I am. Um, I. You remember that day that I sparred Alfie? Hi. <laughs> and he was doing. The, he was doing the alley shuffle and everything. <laughs> He's been watching me too much in the ring. <laughs> All I remember was I was finishing a session and I was stretching and he was doing your tits in. So I thought, right, either Nate's going to kill Alfie or I'll take him, <laughs> I'll take him to the ring. 
<laughs> so I think we were there to do some sparring and he was shuffling, he was doing everything. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, the last fight you had, obviously, was um, behind closed doors. It was during COVID. Yeah. Before we talk about like the, the outcome and the injury and stuff, how how was that? Because obviously it was postponed the first time you were training in lockdown. So obviously it was difficult as it was. How was that whole experience? Shite. <laughs> it's the only word that I, I can use for it is that see it in pro boxing like it, it's not the first fight it's been postponed like you, you don't get used to it it's always going to be shit because you're taking it, it's a lot of time away from your family yeah like if if you're working like with me working full time you, you wake up in the morning 5am 6am whatever time it is and you're out for a run and then uh, you come home get your shower then you're at work and then yeah. come home at, uh, I finish at half past four in the door upstairs change straight to the gym um, do some coaching before you even get your training done um, with the kids, um, and I've got any bad thing to say about coaching because I, I love coaching. Yeah, you're, um, you're yeah. Adults, kids, everyone that, that you need to give back to boxing. It doesn't matter how fucking tired you are or how shitty you feel. Um, so I'm I'm in a gym from just after five o'clock. And then by the time you've got your own training done, it's eight o'clock, then change and everything, half past eight, get home, come in, Mrs. has got your bath run, jump in the bath, get something to eat quickly, and then you're in your scratcher sleeping. Sleep, or I, I put a bear into bed, get a, yeah. 20, 20 minutes with him, half an hour with him in his scratcher. And that's that's just life for twelve weeks, eight weeks. Jesus, I've met Alfie. The, the half an hour with Alfie is probably more tough than the whole day. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> but like, yeah, obviously, it started this year before we went into lockdown. I was two days away from uh, fighting for a Commonwealth title. Yeah. Um, against uh, Michael Ansa, I think his name was. Um, just and he was. Uh, I can't remember his record, but uh, he was very good. Fought fought Madison Square Gardens, and just he fought massive fights. Um, shit, I forgot an Irish boy's name, pro boxer. His name's me, but he went. Uh, he was fighting him. Um, and the fight got disqualified for low blows. But I've watched the fight back. Turbo Terry Flanagan, I think his name oh, is yeah, Irish yeah. lad. Yeah, he fought yeah. him, fought him, and uh, that that was one of the fights I studied on YouTube quite a lot. Um, and if you watch it, Terry Flanagan v's Michael Ansa, you can give me the verdict if if you think the fight should have got disqualified in my eyes. He was uh, kind of winning a fight to me. Oh, um, it got disqualified, but uh, 
to be fair, it would have been a, a massive test for me. Big fight. Um, I was coming off a good win against that Raznak Neti. Um, he's a very good boxer as well. 30, 30 wins or 33 wins and three losses or four losses or something. Um, and I bet him comfortably I won every round. Uh, even done a Muhammad Ali shuffle in the end of the sixth round. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, obviously I fought through from very start of January. Um, I got my weight doing everything was perfect, ready for the fight. Um, I think it was a Wednesday. Uh, well, we went, I think we were just away to go into lockdown and then we went into lockdown on the Wednesday, I believe. Um, and then obviously the, the fight had to get cancelled because there was no, there was no way he could have gotten the UK. Yeah. Just because it was the very first lockdown, every every everything just went tits up. Um, so I, I was fuck all we could do. Uh, my weight was perfect. I was ready ready to go, taking pictures of the belt and blah blah blah. And I kind of got my heart set on it. So like, uh, and I really wanted to win. I'd sold um, a lot of tickets. It was my first, no sec second, sorry. Uh, headline fight um so basically it was a major title and it was it was all on me so like i kind of i liked it all to be fair yeah. can you're in a limelight you're getting your can um interviews blah 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 first um well second fight on my own um fighting with lee being obviously the main event so um, I was in the limelight, if you want to call it that. So, like, I kind of, I was very gutted, and I, I put myself down for a while. Obviously, it wasn't my fault. It was it was out of mine and Lee's hands. So, um, kind of gave myself a kick up at arse. And I never gave up boxing as such, but like, I just went away never went away from training because I was still doing my personal training and stuff in between. Um but like I wasn't training as hard. Gave up running and then obviously Lee got this contract with Fight T V and uh so we got things back up and running. Uh the fights were coming in. Um and I got a date for my no sorry uh little or young Liam Allen, he got the the first show. Yeah. Um, he won by KO. What a knockout um, that was! That was a Scott Harrison undercard, yeah. which was unreal. Having him on on one of our shows, uh, he fought Paul Pierce. Um, which to be fair, I thought Paul Pierce boxed well the first couple of rounds. Um. He, he he actually won the first two rounds, I believe. Um, but I don't know if Scott was just kind of can working a out and seeing pros and cons. But he's a matured fighter that he he's just an animal, is it? Like there's no other way to describe him. He's just he's. 
Um, obviously at my weight, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he he fought uh, Paul, but the third round he just kind of he, he he actually stepped it up in the second round. You could see him working him out, and he was coming forward, and Paul wasn't doing so well on his back foot, and obviously he just ping just came in and he, he stepped up in the third round and fuck me. His body shots. Like I, I was downstairs in the dressing room and I could fucking hear it from there. And it, oh, <laughs> it was like seeing Paul's dinner as well. No disrespect <laughs> to Paul because going in against a man like that, what is he, a two, three-time world champion? Yeah. Uh, he did done everything. Boxed fucking you name it, he boxed him. He never turned down a fight. And it didn't matter who they were, what they were, he'd go in and fucking slaughter him. Yeah. Um, and hats off to Paul. He went in with him and done his best. It's, you've got to take risks like that in boxing. If he knocked him, where would he be now, you know? That, that's close, um, yeah. He'd be fighting for major titles. Um, probably get ranked in IBF. Around so that's often uh, he done his thing and obviously the fight wasn't for him but uh, yeah away from that <laughs> <laughs> um, we we got a fight date for myself that got postponed because we went in uh, another lockdown and yeah. the camera crew they couldn't get through from Glasgow because they weren't allowed to come in uh, fighters from England. Uh, the the fighters from that I can't even remember it, the name of the country that my opponent came from. Um, they were Philippines, fight- is, he not, is he not part of Pacquiao's camp? Is he not? Oh, someone like that. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I'll keep it right. I'm pretty certain he was Philippines. I think he was uh, Pacquiao's camp. Uh, he was fucking good anyway. Um, so they, they they were training out of London I believe um, with Giles Giles Carter um, he's a great uh, promoter trainer um, just a, he's a good guy he works with works alongside Lee uh, matchmaking shows and he's got boxers from all around the world Um High level boxers, journeyman. He's got, I couldn't even tell you how much fighters he's got, but um, he's well up there with, with boxers. Um, so uh, yeah, the fight got cancelled two or three times, I believe. Each time I was doing weight, got my weight on point, ready for a fight, and it was like a couple of days. I remember before, it, yeah. before the fight got cancelled again, and know what it is just trying to keep motivated yeah for a fight date obviously you've got Lee telling you look the fight date's coming I've got paperwork everything's there emails just can stay ticking or and then like you go home at night you're pissed off and you're just like fuck it I'm hearing a Chinese and I'm there <laughs> you, know, you know yourself uh, and then uh you wake up in the morning, weigh yourself, and you're, fuck's sake, I've got another fucking three kilos to lose or whatever. But, uh, again, it's just part of boxing, is it? Um, and then, obviously, we've got the fight date. I can't remember the date, 1st of August or 5th of August or something. And, uh, well, <laughs> actually, we've got 
I got paid off from my work and I was pissed off with the fights and everything. So <laughs> I ended up booking a holiday to Greece. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. When, when that last fight uh, got cancelled, because I was supposed to... Hey, you flew on the Sunday, you know? You flew on the Sunday, yeah. you were going to fight on the Saturday. I was going to fight on the Saturday and then just go home and then travel to Edinburgh, I think it was, uh, the next the, the, in the morning. Because the shadow not have you driving to Glasgow, like or Edinburgh, like four hours after the fight or something. Yeah, <laughs> six, six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously that didn't happen. So I, I had my holiday. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was good to get a break just from everything, boxing. Obviously, getting paid off from work, not knowing if I was going to get a fucking another job because of lockdown. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I enjoyed my holiday. Um, I didn't stick to what I says I was going to do. I says I was going to go or have a good time, but can get a couple of runs in. And if there was a gym, go to the gym. But Greece was pretty much the same. Uh masks on everywhere and yeah. you couldn't you couldn't use the gym so uh basically for seven days I just sat in the pool and drank beer and ate shit food. <laughs> chased off yeah chasing off dog about it. that's what makes it you finally got the you finally got the fight done um yeah. obviously a difficult opponent like you said how was how was that like the actual fight night with the the no crowds and everything was it was it weird was it different horrible like, horrible right. I hated it I hated every single minute of it uh, yeah it was just like I've I've never done anything like it it was just nah. <laughs> There's no words to describe it. Like uh, every every fight I've had has been around crowds and like going away on sparring days and stuff for like leave and stuff. I've done a couple of like weekends away, Dean Sheffield, uh, Liverpool, Leeds, and like obviously when you go in for sparring, there's just a few lads and your two coaches, and then you go in sparring. Yeah. So for for me, in the fight, that's what it felt like. Uh, go go and go when you're in the changing rooms. It, even the vibe in the changing rooms it was the same. Like I like like when you're in the changing rooms for a normal fight, you hear the crowds and you see like family friends all walking in, and it gives you a good buzz. You're like fuck yeah. Let's get it on, Ken. Everyone's there to see you. You've got haters there to see you lose. And you just want to, once you see your hand getting raised, that's like I'm getting the middle finger. Yeah. Uh, for me, anyway. And they're just, it was just too quiet. And like you could hear everything. You've got your two commentators. I don't know. Did you, did you hear the commentators speaking during the fight? You could, could hear everything. Like, uh, it was Paul Pierce and Dan Dan Hewitt, um, and when you were walking to the ring, you just heard Dan speaking to Paul and saying, "Oh, who's your favorite?" 
and Paul says, oh, Nate Dogg, and he's a, a talented boxer, switcher, blah, blah, blah. He, he, and you could hear everything. You could hear Lee. And, like, it, it, for me, it's something I never want to do again. Like, I hate it. If we're in lockdown and a, another fight comes up, of course I'm going to take it. I'll never turn turn a fight down. Um, it doesn't matter who it's against for me. But uh, that night just wasn't a my night. I don't know if my head was fully committed to the fight, which it was. For me, it was. Um, once you get in... Oh, you still there? Yeah, yeah I'm still oh. here. Um, once you get into the ring, you're, you're, can, you're committed. You've got to fight. If you, if you don't fight, you're getting your head punched in. It's as simple as that. Um, but yeah... In, uh, when I walked to the the ring, having a fucking mask over your face, to walk to the ring, and then obviously I was buzzed up for the fight. Then knowing that I was coming out and there was going to be cameras around me, my first time in the telly, yeah. and then obviously the the guy he went in, Julio or whatever his name was, Bandana, Bandana. Um, he was in the ring first and then I came out and it moving the curtains and it was some funky rock it, it sounded like wrestling music to me walked to the ring heard everyone speaking uh, our names got called and then I think it was the opening bell was it a second or third round I got stopped I think it was the third third round but yeah. first round um, he's just my round to suss him pretty much and he, he he was a forward fighter six rounds probably three or four rounds he would have blew himself out and I'd have probably stopped him yeah Um, but like he, he caught me a punch it was either the first or second I think I'm sure it was the first round Um, but the, the hospital said themselves it wasn't the initial shot punch that perforated my eardrum. It was the the wind that went into the eardrum, Oof. and it, it yeah. caused pressure in, and obviously popped. But see, when that popped, it was I've never felt anything like obviously I said I would be knocked out, but like your your legs go, you've got no sense. Of, I know balance, yeah, your balance yeah, goes. Yeah, I I just obviously my I was still working, but like my head was saying your feet are moving. This was my feet were saying that you're not moving. Like, um, I was still moving, but like, I was confusing myself. I was thinking about my feet instead of thinking about him. And yeah. he was obviously coming forward, catching me with good punches. And then I went down um, because I, I just didn't again what the fuck to do. And then yeah. obviously I got back up. Um, luckily, the bell went. Um, and I went back out and uh, I went to my corner but I was shaking my head and uh, I think Lee said the long stuff something's wrong here uh, um, and I went in and I said I, I've got no sense yet um, my legs aren't working and uh, he says it's alright you're just and you're just shocked you, you, yeah. you've you've been caught a good punch because I think he thought it was in a temple but I'm obviously you know yourself 
as you can tell. When, when someone's wrong. So I went out in the second round and I boxed a bit better, kept, kind of kept away. And I remember catching him a right uppercut that shook him a bit. I was like, fuck, it, can I, I could, I've got a chance here, but uh, and you put pressure back on. I, I can't mind if it was two rounds or three. Uh, my memory is shit, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I remember catching him a good shot and his legs shook and then he came forward again and my legs, they just fucking gave up and he just caught my, because I was thinking about all of that, and he was catching my body shots, just catching my good shots and uh, he, he he took a fight, it's as simple as that. It's, it's, like I said, I've said multiple times, it's boxing, like, and I've, like, I wouldn't say anything negative about him because he is a good boxer and he's, he's highly ranked. I think he's uh, eight wins and two or three losses. Um, but he's very tough. Um, and he can punch for his weight. He can, I think he was 62 kilos he weighed in it and I weighed it 63 or 64. Um, and yeah, he was, he's, but, so what's uh, your... Sorry, I'm definitely going to rematch him. He he agreed to the rematch anyway, whether it be on uh, closed doors or hopefully I can get a fight in or two yes. fights two fights back and then fight him again for a title. As long as he's not lost any fights, we can go for it for a title. I'd he's watching this or listens to this we get a Commonwealth title or someone and a go against him yeah. um, as long as he's uh, still active and coming off a couple of wins I'll come off a couple of wins and uh, rematch him even if it's near for a title I still want to fight him to right that wrong yeah mate you've got um, you there. oh 100% I'll, I'll knock him in next time Fucking love it. So what's the obviously last question on kind of the career before we go into the quick fire stuff? Yeah. What's the what's the plans for the for the Nate Dog then? Obviously bar the bar the rematch, what's what's mm-hmm. what's your future for the next kind of five years or so? You know what? I just want to be as active as possible and win get as much fights in, win, lose or draw. I just want to fight as much as I can. Um Obviously, like you say, I'm only wanting to fight for an hour, four or five years. I was gonna, I was gonna ask that actually. Is that kind of your your limit? You reckon you want you want to be done completely by the time you're forty? Yeah, aye, aye done. Yeah, I'd, and then, I'll, like I say, said before, I'll never uh, give up boxing fully. I'll always be in the gym coaching. Um, if Lee lets me be a manager for uh, pro boxing I'll be a pro coach I'll, I'll maybe even go into refereeing or judging or uh, someone I want I'll, I'll do it all just to, just to give back to boxing because it, it, it is it's a part of my life um, yeah. it, has, it has been for over 20 years now and yeah. uh, you, you kind of just give it up like it's even just now in lockdown, if I'm not at a gym and I come home from work and you've had your tea and a shower, you're sitting doing it half six, seven o'clock, you're like, fuck. <laughs> the hell am I doing me? I'm bored as fuck. <laughs> you, you have to train, but 
Um, I I just I want to fight for major titles. Yeah, you know, get my name out there and hope. Well, not hopefully. Uh, get a few fights back in, and hopefully, I can get a world title on a go. WBWBF. Someone along that lines. I want to win a Commonwealth title first, um, and see what else Lee can get me. Um, but I just fight to Lee's commands. Whatever he he'll obviously offer me at first, but any fight, I I fight it. Yeah, he could say any name to me, and he knows himself. He he, he doesn't even need to say any name to me. If you go into the gym, um, and you ask Lee. Or speak to Lee, you'll say, Nate Dog, do you want to fight such and such a day? Aye. I, I don't even ask who I'm fighting. We just go Aye. for it. Okay. Fight. Fighters, man. <laughs> I don't look um, like a fighter. <laughs> or act like uh, a fighter. How's how he as a promoter in that class? <laughs> Aye. His knowledge in the boxing scenes unreal. Like, um, as a manager and a promoter, like he knows what's best for you, and he'll never, like, don't know how to say it, like put you in a slaughterhouse as such. Uh, like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how good or in your career you, you you're gonna get hard fights. It's it's part of boxing. Yeah, but it's. Picking the right path, if you if you know what I mean, like any pro pro boxer in at the start of their career, they're gonna fight journeyman, uh, and then you'll obviously fight somebody around about your record. If you're three wins, um, and undefeated, like uh, pro boxers coming into the scene nowadays. Especially with the board, they're uh, eight and all, ten and all, but they're still fighting journeymen or can shit boxers. And then after that, they're getting a decent boxer or a big test, and they're getting knocked out. Yeah, and it's it's part of boxing. Um, but you need to pick your not pick your fights, but. You need to have the the right guidance into yeah. the pro scene. Fight your journeyman, okay? Then get on to decent level fighters. Five six fights in a fight, you should be fighting at a half decent level of fighters opponents. Yeah. So you know yourself once you've stepped it up and you're fighting for a title, an eight round title, a British Commonwealth. I don't know what titles. Um, Scottish title or anything, you know what level of fighter you're fighting, um, and then that's the way it should be. Like you've got undefeated fighters at can eleven and 0, 10 and 0, 15 and 0, that fought journeyman their whole careers and they've they've not had a test yet. Yeah, um, and then that's how you see your fighters that are in the public eye. They get a decent test for a title and they're getting lamped out, knocked out because yeah. they had the right guidance in, in the pro scene. Yeah. Um, so, class, really enjoyed talking about your career. We're going to finish with a couple of little like 
kind of quick fire questions, if you will, see what your thoughts are on these. So Perhaps. first one we're going to go with, we've probably touched on them, this one, especially during the interview bit. You can include amateurs and pro in this. What's your toughest mm-hmm. fight? Yeah. You got any in your mind where you just like everything they throw they threw at you, you just thought, fucking hell. Yeah. I would say the fight I had an air for the uh silver PBC title. Uh it went the distance eight rounds. Uh I think the guy was Russian or Polish, I forget his name. But like the shots he was throwing were unreal. Like how did he hit hard, was he? He hit me a body shot, I think it was the second or third round. And like air you can't I couldn't I couldn't breathe for about fifteen seconds solid and I just ran away for that entire time. I think my yeah. face was fucking white as a ghost. Um and it was just it was pretty much the opening bell. Uh, he came towards me, rushed me, hit my one-two, and then a big, massive uppercut, but hit me in the solar flex, and I couldn't, I, I just couldn't get air. Um, and then, uh, I won the fight by unanimous decision, but fuck me, it was tough. Like, and he just, he, he was fit as fucking, like, like, um, going eight rounds, like. My shoulders felt like fucking lead weights. I couldn't keep my hands up, and I was trying to keep my hands up to win the fight. And the fight obviously was close, and he was just tough as nails. Like, you fights like that where you've obviously did eight rounds, and the guy hits like a fucking horse, and he's and he's tough and he's fit. See the next couple of days. Do you, do you feel like shite? Aye, terrible. Yep. yep. You just. Yeah. It, you know when people say they've been run over by a bus? Ah, is that the ultimate oh. feeling? <laughs> uh, it's reversed over you and came back for you again. <laughs> is, it, is that it, for a couple of days it lasts for that? Aye. Yeah. Everything's so, like, fucking... It's it's unexplainable because your face is sore, like, your your forehead's really sore. Um, Obviously, with body shots, your ribs are sore. Fucking, uh, your arms he, must take a beating from obviously one holding them up and throwing punches but every time yeah. you block punches you obviously take them on your arms and your gloves you yeah. must feel that the next couple of days as well like oh, your arms must yeah. feel like legs yeah yeah um, uh, your arms forearms especially are proper yeah, sore taking the punches. and like I say with Marty Kay's head and that uh, pro <laughs> debut my right hand's never been the same and after every single fight, it doesn't matter if you've knocked the boy in the first round, if you've connected with the boy fully with, with your right yeah. hand, my hand just comes out like a fucking balloon. <laughs> Twice the size. But uh, I hope the future opponents uh, <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> Next question. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, bar bar myself, who's the hard, hardest spar you've had? Um, it's tough to be fair. Um, there's some good, good spars in that assassin gym, man. Yeah, 
See so um, on that before before you think it. We obviously a lot of the assassin gym thing, and it's probably popular in a lot of gyms. But you boys at assassin do it lots. You obviously do the body sparring. I um, did a, bit, a fair bit of body sparring, and then for the first time, I jumped in with Dicko. And you know, <laughs> Dicko obviously punches you on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people hit you like chest and that and stomach. Yeah. Dicko punches you in the shoulders. Holy fuck! Like yeah. he hit me he's a jab. A... He's obviously southpaw as well. And he yeah. hit me in the shoulder with a jab, and I thought, nah, that's me. I just wanted to call my mum, like, <laughs> I was going out of that ring. Uh, he's, he's very strong, like, uh, Dicko. He's always been like well, that. Eh? Uh, for his, his size and weight, um, he's, he is very quick. So is there any, any spars that you can remember either travelling or even in your own team, like, has there ever been, like, a maybe six, seven-round spar where you thought, fuck it out? You know, I, I went to uh, Malta um, for a training camp. Uh, yeah. I've been I've been twice. Um, I went in December, I think it was, after my pro debut. Um, we, we did do training, but I didn't really spar because, obviously, me and Lee just fought a few weeks prior to that. Okay, yeah. Um, but I went back over with a lad, me, Lee, and a lad from Glasgow, Ali Black. He's he's a really good uh, pro boxer. Uh, boxes for, I think it's Morrison's gym in uh, Glasgow. Um, yeah. He, he's, he won a Scottish title in the pro scene and uh, he came over with us and... Uh, we trained with Scott Dixon, and uh, oh, yeah. we were sparring all his lads. He's got he had a few good lads there, um, and one day, me, Ali Black, Lee, and Scott Dixon, it was just us four in the gym, and uh, Lee says, "Oh, jump in for a heat sparring, uh, you and Ali Black," and I says, "I never." And then fucking Scott Dixon jumps in as well. Um, and if you if you know Scott Dixon, you yeah, know yeah. he's a fucking hardy here. Um, <laughs> and in the pro scene, he's boxed at the highest level. Um, Commonwealth champion, British champion. I can't remember what all the titles he's won, but he's boxed massive names in the boxing scene and I think he turned pro at like 16 years old or 18 years old or something and he's just boxed his entire life pretty much yeah and uh, we were sparring him so he was doing like a round with me and then a round with Ali and then back to me But so I think I lasted about three rounds and then uh, he He's got a wicked body shot. So, like, he was just toying about with me pretty much. And uh, so I was sparring him. I was thinking I was doing good, so catching him decent punches. But he was just catching the shots and popping and rolling. And uh, he wasn't even tired, and he was about six rounds in. But anyway, I started getting a bit lazy and comfortable. Yeah. So ba- basically, through a one-two, faint a left jab, and then he... Bent over to the side and ripped in a left hook to my body, but it went underneath my rib cage, and Ooh. like I didn't even take a knee. I just it, it was like he lifted me off the ground, and my fucking legs just gave way. 
And Jeez. I was on it. I must have been on the ground for about three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Obviously, Lee was at the side of the ring laughing his fucking heat off, telling me to man up and get the fuck up. But no, that was me done after that. Three rounds with Dixon's uh, fair enough for me. Oh, like. But honestly, he's like, I think he's a bit older than Lee, but he's still got his strengths unreal. Like, and he's so, he's like, I hope he doesn't take us the wrong way, but he's like bandy and kind of tall. Oh, yeah, he's and, a big boy, like, yeah. His reach is unbelievable. Like it feels like he's hitting you from other end of the ring, um. But like he, he's tough as nails. Like he's in. Like I've read his book and everything, and like what he's been through in his life's unbelievable. Like, um, but he's a great guy. Can he? He's down to earth. He's got plenty of time for you. Like the yaps we had when we was over in Malta was unreal. Yeah, um, and it was a great time. Like I would, I'd go over tomorrow and train one myself for fucking a year solid. Yeah, um, just nice to get man. his experience and and all that. Malt oh, was a great, great place as well. Uh, the boxers there are, are uh, good as well. That guy, was brilliant. Um, favorite favorite fight you've had? The rematch. Within the rematch. I would, yeah, uh, yeah, the rematch and probably that first uh, fight in the beach ballroom was, I did not, was not uh, yeah, like fighting in the beach ballroom was always one of my dreams, but uh, I, yeah, it was, I'd say it's 50-50 between the both. <laughs> Which, um, if you could obviously call it anyone similar weight to you or it can be realistic or it can be non-realistic. It's up to you. But what would be your what would be your dream opponent? Um, I don't know. That's fucking tough. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd fight anyone for yeah. Harrison, Harrison. I've said it before. Ever since he joined Biba, like, and then after seeing him fighting Paul, um, I know that we, I, 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 I believe myself that I, I think I'd be a tough fight for him just because I'm a mover and he's a, I, 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 I box better on my back feet, yeah. whereas obviously he comes forward and boxes, but he's, a lot more exposed to counter punches, but I know he's got a fucking chin on him, um, and he can take some fucking punishment. Like, and like, like you said, what, he's just a pure animal. Ever since he joined Biba, like I've always because me and him are lightweight, um, or I think he boxed Paul at super lightweight, um. But if we could agree on a on a weight, then why not? And it's 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 a great fight for Aberdeen and Scotland. Yeah. Um even if it happened in Glasgow for him being the home fighter, say for a world title or any sort of title, Commonwealth title, I think obviously he's a lot more elite than a Commonwealth title. Yeah. But coming back and seeing him working his way back up the rankings, obviously he's gonna be ranked right up there after beating Paul. He only needs one fight back, but uh yeah, I reckon 
you a lockdown, if the fight happened, I could get a massive following to Glasgow yeah, to to uh, to get the fight on the go. But um, yeah, I, I suppose yeah, that would be a dream fight. Just because he's with Biba and it could be made, you know. It's realistic, yeah. It's realistic and it's a dream fight at the same time. And then just last question, I reckon you'll probably answer the same as Dean did, and a lot of people would. Dream venue, Petodri. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a football fan. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow football at all. Um, but can if you could fill out Petodri. Being a main event would be unbelievable. If you if like, you fought anywhere, like obviously you fought the beach ballroom and that, but if you fought any venue where you turned up and thought, "Fucking hell, this is uh, impressive!" Like anywhere decent. Uh, both Bradford venues were really both, good. Both hotels, nice and, hotels. Yeah, um, one was like. I don't know if it was a family venue as such, but Tassif Khan was headlining again for a world title. I think it's a world title defence. And uh, it was all like... The the way it was all themed and everything was, was unreal. Like, uh, And it was a well-organised show. Like, there was no fuck-ups. It all went to plan. And uh, it, was, it was actually a really good venue. Um, Nathan DeCastro... When I fought in Lincoln, he fought for the WBU world title. Um, and what a crowd he got in. It was... that Even from when I walked out, obviously I had all my tartan shorts with fucking Scotland flags and everything. And they were all fucking singing the song, cheering for me, shouting, come on, Nate Dog. Um when I won the fight, the, the place fucking erupted just as well as, as him winning a, a, the world title. Um, and it, do you know what's good when you're an away fighter, obviously fighting in the home corner, when the crowds get behind you as well, obviously being an away fighter, um, it gives you a nice good booster. Yeah, that's class. Um Mate, thank you very much for coming on. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the last thing I'll kind of speak about, it's it will be kind of announced fully in the next few weeks or so. But for now, we can kind of say, obviously, that I'm looking to fight the end of the year. And uh, obviously, you're going you're gonna to coach me on that. How's that? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to put, making me sick every other day. Oh, fuck I. <laughs> like, wait, like, so we've, we've, we've obviously trained a lot. Um, in in the lockdown uh, last year, yeah, uh, we we done a lot of training with each other, uh, pad work, sparring, circuits, bags, yeah. and you you know yourself when when I said to you we'll get circuits on the go and you says ah fuck that, <laughs> and then yeah. we done it and then first I did time, extra rounds, <laughs> extra rounds and then. Skipping as well, you were fucking just grabbing a rope and skipping on your own, waiting, yeah, to get ready to train. Um, but now I'm looking forward to it, it'll be, it'll be good, especially after the training's done. Um, like you said yourself, you're wanting to lose weight, you've lost the weight, um, especially working with Jamie Miller, um, yeah. 
he's one of my sponsors for nutrition. Um, and hopefully we get some strength and conditioning work in once we're at a lockdown. But I fully trust him uh, 100%. My last fight, um, he gave me a plan that I lost the weight for the fight. No problem. I was eating a lot more than what I used to before fights. Just like a basic knowledge. Like yeah. his, his knowledge and he's got degrees and diplomas and shit like that. And well, it's not shit. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. His knowledge for like food and how your body works and um, just like he... I, I trusted him fully that my weight would come down um, and I never looked at scales and then I think it was two days before a fight I looked at scales I was pretty much bang on weight I've never right. done that before eating the food that he was he was giving me like yeah if I'll pick him up here if anyone's watching I go to UK Fitness <laughs> PT um, but uh, no I'm looking forward to training you getting you ready for a fight You've got Lewis Will yeah. um, as well training you. Uh, I watch him all the time on his uh, Snapchat. Um, the workhorse. Yeah. He's, he's dedicated to the sport as well. See, now you're a young lad like that, I don't know how old he is, 20, 20. I don't even think he's, I think he's just turned 21, maybe. Yeah, a young lad like that, dedicated to the sport and giving back, like, Training people, doing Already, personal yeah. training like that. You know he's going to be highly involved in the sport. Um, I, I big up anyone like that. Like, obviously, when I was his age, I gave it up and fucking yeah. hit the drink. Luckily, I never touched drugs or anything like that. I just drank and hung out with my pals, but it was three-day benders. It wasn't just oh, a quick night yeah. in a tune. I just gave it up. I wish um, I stuck in who knows where I could have been or at least gave back for that seven years. I gave it up. Um, but yeah, he, he'll be big in the sport, especially if he sticks in and trains like he's doing. Um, is it my 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 tie he does? Is my it? tie does, MMA. yeah. Yeah, he's, I um, think he's, um, he's got a chance. Paul said, Paul McBain said it as well, like, I've seen Lewis train firsthand. I've held pads for Lewis. And by fuck, he hits hard. Jesus Christ. He hits hard. Um, I'm just going to jump on a question there just while we're speaking about it. And it's uh -huh. something we'll finish on. What's your, For you, what's the hardest thing between getting up in the mornings and going for your six milers and your weight cut? What's the, what's the hardest between that? Oh, getting up in the mornings and running. Uh, do, you not mind, do you not mind weight cuts now? I fucking hate weight cuts, but I hate running more. <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be to be fair, I I do hate weight cuts, and um, like I'm a all right moody cunt when I'm fucking dieting. Like <laughs> I don't want to grow in a downer, so I'll just leave it at. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you've been a pleasure. Thank you very much yeah. for coming on, and uh, thanks very much for coming on. Cheers, pal. Uh, cheers for having me. Cheers. No Thanks again to Nathan Beatty for coming on. Um, so easy to chat, man. Like that second part of the interview, 
<laughs> we sat down and before we started going, I said to him on the Zoom call, oh, we're halfway through the interview. We'll uh, we'll finish it up probably about another 15, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and that'll do us. And uh, no word of a lie, we just yapped like we did. And uh, I just got, I was so engrossed in the chat that when I cancelled uh, or stopped the recording, I looked at my phone and realised we'd be on the phone for like an hour and 45 minutes. I was like, shit. <laughs> so hopefully everyone enjoyed it and it was worth two and a half hours. A, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Nelly, did tell me once before that I apologised for uh, the length of the interview and he basically told me that uh, fuck everyone else. Um, if I want to record for two and a half hours, three hours and have a good interview, then it's up to them to listen. So I am going to uh, stick with Nelly's advice and um, post it anyway. There was no editing on there. We left the interview. I'm pretty proud to say that that's all six interviews now. Not a single interview has had to be edited. So credit to the guys that come on. Uh, credit to, I don't know, me, I guess. That it always runs smoothly. There's no, there's never any fucking about. We get it done and um, they're going really well. I have a monster of an interview that I'm hoping that it's going to come out the first week of March. It's going to be a midweek special. It's, yeah, I would say in terms of I've enjoyed all my guests so far and every guest that I've got on up until uh, May, end of May are all ace in their own right. But this one is probably the biggest we can go so far. A professional footballer playing in England. Um, hopefully that can get announced preferably the, the day this interview comes out so hopefully a bit of news and we can all get a bit excited about that about a wee midweek special before we close up obviously that was uh, it was mentioned at the end of the interview there's going to be a charity event or a fundraising event that I'm going to announce very shortly that it's going to be headed by myself and it's all my own ideas and uh, yeah it's, it's boxing related it's going to be for mental health and I'm really looking forward to kind of announcing it all. It's going to get pushed through my own page, this page, and then there will be a page of its own because it's going to be a lot of vlogging and stuff um, with the training and everything. But all the details are going to get announced with that, so sit tight and uh, see that one. Uh, massive shout out to uh, Nate for coming on and being so honest. Um, I thought he he opened up really well. He really enjoyed it himself, which is good, which is the main thing. Um, thanks to Age Clothing um, for sponsoring the show, as always. Um, the Robcast 10 to get 10% off there on all their websites. Um, they've just released new stuff again with a new bespoke logo. So go and have a look at that. Um, Bubble Jackets just came out recently. They've got shorts and t-shirt sets. They've got female pyjama sets, which is all really good. Um, I got my me and my girlfriend a pair of matching ones. So can't wait for my mates to find that bogging when I post about that. And also uh, Live for CBD for being uh, great sponsors again, backing sponsors. W genuinely, I say this all the time, right? But this project I'm going to do and... I'm busy with work and I've, I've technically got two jobs plus this plus training so I am a very stressful guy and I'm not the best at coping with stress as my mates will probably vouch and I um, I smash the drops daily and it does me absolute wonders all, all um, 
proven it it doesn't show up in any tests or anything it's all completely legit and brilliant stuff so please check out uh, tsr10 for 10 percent off live for and um, uk uh, go and have a look at that and then standard grant campbell once again absolute saving my life with it it was with the skills being so patient with me getting stuff recorded especially it's now with work and weather and everything hampering interviews none's ever an issue for grant so he's been an absolute tough and uh yeah let's let's wrap it up it's been good i'm looking forward to getting the show out and seeing what everyone thinks next week lee youngson who is um in my opinion uh probably the, the best manager in junior football i would say um some people might disagree some people might think that that's premature but I've worked under Lee, I've worked with Lee, uh, I would say Lee is probably a, a massive uh, inspiration in my manager career and coaching career, so I'm looking forward to having him on, getting his story, having a bit of a laugh um, and going from there, so that's next week, but enjoy today's interview with Nate and keep tagging me when you listen to the show, tag me so I can share it let me know you're listening the numbers every single week are unreal we're we're over i think we're into the 1100 mark for listens which is ah, just brilliant you are all you are all class i love you all and uh thanks again for listening see you again next week peace <laughs>